Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your host, JT, and we are clicking along. <laughs> we'll call it that as we get the music again, because that's how I roll. Welcome to the show. Sunday, the 25th of February. Yeah. We made it all the way to the, I don't know, 84th of January, and then February's went by in about three hours. <laughs> uh, For sure. With me, as always, I have Ron. Ron. Hello. Well, when you're all echoey, you got your microphone on your laptop there. Maybe. And then normally we would have Ryan, but he is still on injured reserve for Lord knows how long. Poor guy. Uh, but filling in for once, we have we have a third co-host. We have Joe sitting in. Good afternoon. How is everyone today? There we go. We are good. <laughs> We're uh, firing on some cylinders. I don't know if I'd say all, but uh, what would this show be without technical difficulties and yeah. mishaps and all the fun accoutrement that makes this show so uh we're finally in uh, i don't know third spring fifth fifth spring what are we in right now yeah big spring Groundhog. fall spring fall i think is what spring. we should be calling fall it. fall spring i think that's yeah i'll go with that i'll go with fall spring this time through uh i don't know we've got like ninth winter coming on a wednesday and then yep. we'll be back to possibly, 70 degrees possibly spring out. is what we'll call that one yeah so i don't know we're just chugging along getting things going the day job for me is uh getting stupid busy uh next <laughs> week i lose a lot of my home time which i'm not happy about but hey it pays the bills and uh we'll see how this affects our timing on the podcast and now we go from there however we will continue to bring you as much content as humanly possible to the best of our ability you know hold on it's always funny when i hear you complain about you having to work six months out of the year I don't. I work I don't a full it. eleven months out of the year. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Excuse me. It's just six of them are actually <laughs> stupid busy to make up for the times that I'm not busy. Right. Um, you know fair. those 120 hour work weeks add up. Yeah. Pretty quick. So as but, you know. But then you get a week off. Yeah, because I don't do anything on those weeks. No. No. Never catch up or do I, you know? I only put in another 60 hours. So. Relax. I'm, I'm, I'm chippy today. Good. Well, I shouldn't be. I got my truck fixed. One of the running boards was, um, let's just say it was it was making some its own music, and okay. so I had my buddy's son weld it to the frame so nice. that it no longer makes said music. That's awesome. And annoy the bejesus out of me while I'm driving down the road. And I live in College Hills, so it's all brick roads on the side streets. And nice and loud. Little cobblestone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that thing was click clacking the whole way. <laughs> fixed. As of now, we'll see if that weld pops again, and if I have to 
go through. An actual welder? No, he's an actual. Oh, welder. is he an actual? Oh, yeah. It just the I, way you said it, it made it sound like he was like some guy with a welder that just kind of threw some welder. bubble gum. No, out. no, okay. it's it's Lonnie's son who's, oh, okay, who cool. is an actual trained welder. He's, then, he's, then it'll be fine. That's not his job at the moment, but he he was a welder for a while, and sure. I, I don't know, just the we didn't have all the bolts in it because well, dodge, and <laughs> it just you know people standing on it, it happened to pop on the weld, so yeah. he went ahead and and welded it, reinforced the rest of them, and then came back and reinforced that one on top of it. It's, and then put a bolt into it. So it should. And if it comes loose, you fire Lonnie. No, we just beat up Mason. That's all. He already, he already knows what's going. <laughs> or he buy knows. a better truck. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just met you and you're that's true. Well, dogging on my ram. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a dog at GM man. I didn't it's, say it's you were wrong. I just yeah. said the look at you getting comfortable. <laughs> Welcome man. to the show. Yeah, Dodge yeah. sucks. Happy to be here. Let's yeah. have a conversation. <laughs> I might change the name to Big Sexy <laughs> after that one. I just I we can have that conversation. When well, you're ready. Dodge versus General Motors when you're ready. Well, Mopar is all I'm saying. So, uh, if you're listening live, chat rooms are up and going in not only the Facebook group but the YouTube group. Um, if you happen to somehow, some way, get the link for the Streamyard uh, account, then that chat room is up and going as well. Um, we will try and be as interactive as possible, but no guarantees on that because, well. It's us. We're not very good at this. Whoa, we're learning. Hey. We're getting better. Yeah. Okay. We don't have a crew. We don't have a big, massive production. It's me stumbling through this and you telling me what to do. Yeah, that's our problem. I'm trying to tell you what to do. <laughs> I, I'm the one leading this path, but it's... Well, I'm the blind being led by the... Legally blind. blind. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. It's... it's Ooh, shiny squirrel all over the place. You will learn how quickly I could rabbit hole. Yeah. And, yeah. Whew, here we go. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, folks. It's going to be yeah. a fun one. Um, if you are uh, watching the show, also all of the uh, social media tie-ins are at the bottom, scrolling across the bottom. Our email address is on there, dirtyriverchronicles at gmail.com. We are absolutely open to all kinds of... Um, constructive criticism we don't want to say critiques because that leaves the door open to be mean um and i have gentle feelings so i don't sorry, want to cry sorry about the navy yeah it happens <laughs> it happened past it tense. happened <laughs> past tense. you know they, so, you know they say the actual number like the top of america's fighting force is probably in the navy yeah oh yeah i agree because I'm you? biased. I made that up in my, on the spot. I, yeah. I just said I agree. I didn't say you're right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big difference between those two. Valid. I'm, I'm definitely. Chair force? Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I went there. I went there. By the way, my dad said before I left for basic training, he goes, if you ever really, really are jonesing to get your ass kicked, go into a Marine's bar and say the Marines are nothing more than the Navy's little sister and try and make it back out the door. That'd be a fun game. You, you won't. Die. <laughs> you won't. Yeah. Unless you're a SEAL, you won't make it out. I don't think no. fun is the word to describe that game. My yeah. dad was a Green Beret <laughs> drill sergeant, so that was fun to him. Oh, I bet. Yeah. It, I realized how mean he really was. I think that's the play stupid games and win stupid prizes right yeah. there. Absolutely. That's the game you want to play. Yeah. Not only yeah. that you'd win the grand prize on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hollow point to the back of the dome if you happen to make the door handle. Right. I'm They're going to stop you. <laughs> one way or another yeah. you die right so um yeah i don't think i have any more of the um particulars to get to um no. 
Daniel, mm-hmm. my oldest, he starts week five of basic training Ooh. today. Yeah. So we should hear. He's half at the halfway point. Past that, it's the Air Force. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair. Seven and a half weeks. So we'll be. Oh, he's over half. He's doing Yeah, we'll be mid March. We'll be in San Antonio for his graduation. He won't be here. Yeah. Whatever. I looked yesterday in the weather in San Antonio yesterday. It's 80. Ooh, which is going to feel great. like 105. Oh, sure. Well, it's going to feel like a million degrees. It's 71 here. Yeah. And it, it's. So it's not too far. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe. Unless he's comparing it to next Wednesday when ninth winter gets here. Yeah, ninth then winter after fall. Spring, we'll leave the snow ninth here winter. and yeah. Yeah. We'll be fine. If it snows, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it out. I quit. Fuck it. I'm done. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I'm out. Like a fat kid in dodgeball. I'm out. If it snows in March, you're like, okay, we're moving to Phoenix. Yeah. 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 We're talking about moving to Colorado in a few years. What if, what is wrong with us? No. I'm not a fan of winter. Uh, granted, it's a different winter there. It is um, not as windy because there's not as much air. <laughs> but also, I mean, it's one of those things. If you move to Colorado, you know you're in the mountains. It's going to gonna, gonna, gonna be cold. Yeah. It's yeah. going to snow. It's going to be what it is. Cold, I know. <laughs> but you move to Kansas, and, yeah. and, and that first outsider opinion isn't that it's gonna be i thought you were gonna say day well yeah the first, Your day, first day you're like, oh, day, you're like nope. they, they fucking lied man yeah nope yeah. Oh, i did not bullshit. sign up for this my recruiter lied i hope nobody's really listening with speakers blowing because i have dropped some big f-bombs today yeah it's fine you're maybe, in the mood maybe just saying got it so um <laughs> that's really all i got to yeah we're say i'm sorry this fella's got a mouth on him sometimes we all do. That's all I got. Hey, you want to share your screen? Sure. So that we can do the next yeah, one? Yeah, join us, Ron. Yeah. Hey, okay. Join us. I can share soon, screen. As soon as that gets there. Hey, I closed it. Yeah, you did. I'm going to go ahead and play the intro. Okay. And here we go. Good news is I've got notes. So bad news is they can't see what we're talking about or your little extra blurbs you threw in there. That sucks. I know. I know. Oh, well. It is what it is. Oh, I have. You can get it to work? No. No. But I can see it. Okay. Well, I guess you can read anything else that's on there. So uh, today in history, February 25th, that would be the 25th of February for those playing the home game. Uh, let's start with today's events in history. We're going to go in the Wayback Machine all the way to 1336. 4,000 defenders of Pelini. I think so. I believe so. Oh. Did you get it? Yep. Hey, let me see what you did there because I haven't seen these slides for once. There we go. Add to stage. You want to pull that full screen? Pull it, it up. Get it. I'm full screen. Yeah, but they can see the PowerPoint, not the PowerPoint presentation. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> we are clicking on some cylinders today. Uh, today in history, 1336, 4,000 defenders of Palani commit mass suicide rather than be taken captive by the Teutonic Knights. Yes. So it's... Big qu- things happening in 1300s. To quote um, one of my favorite scenes from... From dusk till dawn, mm-hmm. they basically said, fuck you, everybody, good night. <laughs> <laughs> and they're done. 
Uh, next, we're going to go a little, little farther forward. We're going to skip 1836 and go right to 1837. The first U.S. electric printing press patented by Thomas Davenport. Yep. Any blurbs on there? No. Okay. Can you not see it? No, I'm looking at my notes. Okay, yeah. No, this one's... I just put up a picture of what it looked like and a fine see. specimen he was. I want to see. He's dashing. It's still on 1336 on my page. Yeah. Still 1336. Then I don't know. I really did want to enjoy your wonderful graphic. I just can't see it. I did yeah. It won't let me click on it either. So yeah, I, I, just, I can't even control I this I felt shit. a lot of anticipation building and then you yep. let me down. I'm... Man, he's pretty far forward on his. No, I'm one slide. I know. Well, I'm just saying. I Farther I'm, ahead than we are. Yeah. Well. I've still got 1330, which is what the, the listeners are seeing as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry. So what can I say except Air Force? So, yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we can pull that out. You know what? I'll pull it off. We'll remove it. What if I don't go full screen? I don't know. Is that what the problem was? I don't know. I'm just clicking buttons. Hey, look. Oh, there it is. 1837 okay. U.S., our first U.S. electric printing press patented by Thomas da It's a tongue twister. Yeah, it's tough. Electric printing press patented by Thomas Davenport. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Sorry. Anyway, moving on. 1932. There is a reason we have this on there. Boo. I know. know. <laughs> rain them in. Rain them in. I know. I know. So Boo. Hitler, having been stateless for seven years, keep in mind he did attempt to fight in world war one right. um he is of austrian descent he was born in austria um having been stateless for seven years obtains german citizenship when he is appointed a brunswick state official by dietrich Kloggs. Kleggs? Kleggs? douchebag that's what we're yeah. calling him because if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have world war ii <laughs> dietrich douchebag dietrich douche <laughs> dietrich douchebag come on dietrich, do Kloggs. better yeah do better uh, a fellow I like nazi i feel like that's still a german Dang. name if you call him a douchebag yeah i feel like it's still somehow german <laughs> i believe you're right i feel like it's gotta be it's not french, well, it might douchebag. Be french. i think it's french actually <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll blame my ancestors for that put down um part of them no uh as a result hitler was able to run for a reichspräsident basically president of germany in the 1932 election so if it wasn't for dietrich von douchebag clogs uh we would not have hitler in power he would not have ascended to the the absolute top position in the german government and then taken over as the fuhrer and tried to decimate all of europe and the jews and not to say that world war ii wouldn't have happened it's or that the nazi power wouldn't have been in right because you still have mussolini Right. Uh, you still had, you know, the General Yamamoto and, and the, the Japanese over there that, that really didn't like us, nor the Russians. Right. World War II didn't, wasn't because of Hitler. No, but he absolutely lit the powder keg. He, 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 he held the match. He cut the fuse shorter <laughs> and lit the match, too. I mean, right? it's not like that was a slow burn or anything. No. So, I mean, from 1930 to 14 years later, shoot, 13 years later, he was dead. Yeah. So well, I'm trying to do math in my head. This is called <laughs> mental gymnastics. Um, <laughs> but it's not like, you know, it was a 30 year occupation. It wasn't like it right. was, I mean, he was closer to the, the amount of time that Alexander the Great ruled his empire as opposed to, say, Genghis Khan and the Mongols. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a lot shorter reign and a lot shorter. Um, it just was impactful. It was definitely oh, like a powder cake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, I mean, we, 
history has taught us that he he went after the Jews. In essence, he went after Jews, anybody who went against the Nazis, anybody who was not white. I mean, it, it wasn't just the Jews, but that was absolutely the focal point of, of, of right. what he, that's how he got to rise to power is because of the hatred for the Jews and, and the negative stigma that the Jews had had since the times of Christ. Sure. It is easier to unite people under the flag of, I, we don't like you. You're causing all of our problems. Yeah. If you were gone, things would be better for us. And it's just so easy to brainwash people with that ideology. People want united. People want to follow. Right. And they don't want to think. These people have jacked everything up for us. Yeehaw, we're on board. Exactly. Adolf, let's get it done. And unfortunately, that's what happened. I'm not yeah. saying it was okay. Well, we, we could even say that about like our our current and last couple at least of presidents and and i mean the last couple probably within the last 10. let's not get too no 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 i'm not i'm not i'm just you get on a board and you follow it's it's the nature of our political climate right over the last i would say god since 9 11 really yeah not that not that uh the, the w um championed that thought and not that it was very prevalent in the the political climate however that started everything that's true absolutely and then obama came in and it it, it created a bigger divide because you know racist i mean it's just the essence of teamwork uh we have a goal let's figure it out i mean he didn't employ anything your baseball coach doesn't employ hey right we'd like to win the world series yeah the steps we're going to take it's just a different criteria exactly correct yeah it's just a more hated criteria yeah just and then terrible comparison. Sorry, but I'm over trying. No, but you're not far yeah. off. No, but you're, it's exactly you're, it. You're yeah. not far off. I mean, if you dumb it down, that's really all it is. Here's my my list yeah. of Here's steps. Here's the game plan. And this is what we yeah. need to follow. I don't like to think yeah. either, so I'll follow what you say. Yeah. I not, don't want not the baseballs own, like that. <laughs> I don't want my I don't want my own thoughts to sound stupid, so I'm going to follow you, and then it's your fault. Right. I'm afraid to have a voice. So anyway, yep. moving on. Now that we okay. spent enough time on that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna Boats. catapult for one year into the future. Catapult. Uh, Nineteen thirty-three launch of the USS Ranger at Newport New. I thought said Newport Noop. <laughs> and then you did. <laughs> Thanks, Noob Noob. Uh, Virginia. It is the first purpose-built aircraft carrier to be commissioned by the U.S. Navy. <laughs> I'd like to point out that you said we're gonna catapult. Yeah. One year and then talk about it aircraft carrier yeah that probably didn't have a steam catapult i'm sure yeah. do, you, do you like my wordplay uh-huh. i do uh-huh. whether you meant that or not i did not <laughs> and i'm not afraid to so uh but yeah i want to i want to see the picture I, I haven't seen it in a while oh look it looks like an aircraft carrier yep they've not evolved much on the outside no since then the basic formula is still pretty we carry planes, planes yeah there's a flat spot on top so anyway, moving on, 1957, Buddy Holly and the Crickets record their smash hit, That'll Be the Day, in, of all places, Clovis, New Mexico. Worst place as, in America. As every member of the Air, Air Force that's ever been to Clovis says, worst place ever. It is that place, and that's why I got out of the Air Force. It's the place. I can't help it. I mean, I, I know so many people that, I mean, just hate Columbus, New Mexico. <laughs> the people that are born and raised there hate it. Right. I'm with you. You get out of the car and walk into any fast food place and everybody's just depressed. Miserable. It, they just hate it there. So I have one little fun tidbit of New Mexico. Oh, no. 
back when I was a drinking man, I didn't understand drinking at altitude. <laughs> and I got flown down. That's a fun game. Yes, isn't it? it's a very fun game that I lost. We were flown down for a job interview, me and an ex-wife. And I bought a six pack. I was a grown man. Sure. I hit the six pack. We're sure. A great day. Three in, passed out because oxygen is so thin. <laughs> gone. Yeah, and your, was your blood thinking, alcohol content goes way you up. You cannot that. tell a single soul about this when we get back from New Mexico that I had right. three beers and blacked out. I, <laughs> I couldn't handle three beers. Oh, so, I my time it. in New Mexico, the one time I got to go, uh, drinking at altitude is my greatest memory yeah. of New Mexico. And now, granted, Roswell, Santa Fe, Albuquerque. I'm sure they're amazing, but great never, places. Yeah. Clovis sucks. Never been. So I probably Don't, won't go just, now. Thanks I mean, if that. you really want to go, <laughs> just, uh, recommendation just go hang out Clovis. in West Texas and you're basically in Clovis, New Mexico. It's pretty much. It's the people good. in Clovis know that they're so highly regarded by the United States Air Force. And they all know. They've tried to close that base like three times. Oh, really? The how, reason how it keeps making the Okay, cut. no, but I know why. Because the altitude and the environment were so similar yeah. to Afghanistan. Yeah, no. I- and that's a problem if you think about it because we had some place that acted like Afghanistan. But between the climate, the weather, the, the miserable people, yeah. the terrain, it's <laughs> Afghanistan. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to be happy about you guys are shit talking their home. This no, they're all high time. on heroin. It's fine. They don't hate it in Afghanistan. If anyone is on here from Clovis, I'm so sorry. I'm not. I've heard it's a shithole. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway moving on moving on moving all right on. 1981 ron's excited for this one what's well, just an incredible stat nhl's most penalized game ever between the bruins and the north stars who are now the dallas stars yeah uh a little tidbit there 84 penalties totaling a staggering number of 392 minutes wow in a 60 minute game <laughs> So it says seven seconds into the game, the first fight breaks out between Minnesota's Bobby Smith and Boston's Steve Casper. By the time the fir- the period was over, an hour and 31 minutes later. <laughs> wow. I love it. 341 <laughs> penalty minutes were assessed by referee Dave Newell, and 12 players were ejected. Seven on the North Stars, five on the Bruins. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's... I mean, at least he was fair. <laughs> It's pretty even. <laughs> Seven to five. It wasn't like, you know, 11 to one North Stars or anything like Can that. Can I ask how entertaining a game is when your top seven players have been ejected and you're oh, down I'm sure to the, the rest of the game You're down to the show. bench. Yeah. How entertaining did that game get? <laughs> I I hear the theme to the Benny Hill. So or oh, Benny sure. Hill show playing in my head thinking of how the rest of that game when i play madden and blow the other teams out they start emptying the benches and the gameplay slows down so i wonder if that happens in real life too (laughs) i think it's possible no after their seventh person somebody had to lace up their skates to get going someone didn't bring equipment that day because they had no idea they were playing they had had coaches out there yeah (laughs) absolutely and this is in the time before helmets were mandatory yeah they were taking out their dentures and going out there to fight with the rest i guess we're going yeah Heck yeah. Well, this is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of got me again. Uh, Moving on to the next one. Uh, 1982, again, catapulting a year forward. Uh, Record speed for a snowmobile was set. Nice. Mm -hmm. 239 kilometers per hour. 
I did the math. That's 148. That's what I was doing on my phone. Yeah. These guys are talking about the last one. Nice. Yeah, 148 point. I just yeah. don't know if I have balls big enough to do that on a snowmobile. It's not. No, happening. I've done it on a motorcycle. It's fine. I've done it in my car on four wheels, but not on snow it's skis. Yeah. Fine. Not I was skis and a belt. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope. It was and that was an 82. 1982. Imagine what they could do now. Probably not much. I mean, why? There's the one. Why? There's no point going across. <laughs> why did they fast. do that one? But I, I, I mean, I think you do this just to say, look, what can be done. And yeah. we did it. I yeah. think the answer to your question is why not? I guess that's true, too. I mean, if you can, you should. If Tom Cruise could eject at Mach 10 <laughs> in thin altitude, I think they can go. 150 on a snowmobile. I don't I don't know if it's legitimate, but I did hear they're making a third Top Gun. That's what I keep hearing. I don't know. I'm not excited for it. Love the second one. Don't get me wrong. Love yeah. the second one, but I think it's... You think a third one's going to fall in the I, face? I think it's it's being written too soon. They're trying to capitalize on the popularity of it. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. I, I And I'm all for admitting that I'm wrong. I have no problem admitting that I'm wrong. And I hope that I'm wrong because I really like the first two. They're very good. We'll see. Very good. We... Shall see before we go. The speed record for the fastest snowmobile. You have no idea. Currently? Right now. What is what is 172 miles an hour? Told you they could go one. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible and unnecessary. Tailpipe. I I get it with cars. I get it with like the land speed stuff, but let's let's see how fast we can go on a toboggan. Like I don't I don't know why that's Let's, unnecessary risk let's put me on a small sled i'll put a helmet on yeah and a leotard and i'll go down a sheet of ice well that's the problem i mean why do people i'm more i'm i'm more concerned with people that want to li- well <laughs> more concerned with the people that want to tandem luge as opposed to people that want to do 170 on a snowmobile yeah i don't get it yeah don't get it at least on a motorcycle you can ride at home snowmobiles hopefully yeah. I just feel like I have a mortgage to pay in this sort of activity. It's a little, bit <laughs> it's a little detrimental to that. <laughs> you know I, mean? I got to go yeah. to work tomorrow. I don't need to spit, you know, land speed records on snowmobiles. I yeah, got to get the, the if you, back on tomorrow. You know what I mean? That's imagine cool. if you walked in with that land speed record under your belt. Uh, you'd have to beat it off with a stick, and I'm not saying that. Big But you got swinging. bills to pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just huh. I'd do it. All right, next up, uh, happy birthday. Yeah. Birthday segment. Not me, but if you want to start, it's Zeppo Marks in 1901. I was getting there. I know. Yeah. I don't know. Teamwork. Yeah. I'll get you. 1901, Zeppo Marks, American comedian, the youngest of the Marks brothers, and uh, theatrical agent. Your notes. Yeah. Actually, Wikipedia's notes. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Born in 1901, died in 1979. Next up, 1943. English singer, songwriter, guitarist, film producer, and the lead guitarist of the Beatles. You ever heard of him? George Harrison. Sounds yeah. familiar. He's yeah. not bad. Listening to him play on My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Listening to Prince cover that. Amazing. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you you've you've heard that big I have. I mean it was Roy Orbison, it was Tom Petty, Petty. Oh, yeah. it was um uh oh god dang it just my mind just went like Jeff Beck. Um and it was Prince and they chose of all those people, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, all those people they chose Prince to play that. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I'm a I'm a metalhead way back, and, sure, sure. and I love guitar shredding. Yeah, bring it on! And then in that video, I just I knew Prince was a great musician. Like we understood that. Like we knew. Right. I just said no. He was going to come on and just shred like that <laughs> and tear it down. I mean, yeah. he's standing next to Tom Petty, and you're like, okay, these guys are going to mix, and their styles are going to crush it. And then he just made everyone look ridiculous and shredded them all up. So he, as a metalhead, <laughs> that video is highly appreciated. Yeah, and, and I mean, if it. if you nice. want to. Um, Appreciate him even more. He's one of three artists all time to play every instrument and sing every vocal on their debut album. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. It's absolutely. Prince, Dave Grohl, or not debut album, just on it out. Yeah, I guess it's debut album. Prince, Dave Grohl, and Lenny Kravitz. Huh. So there's that little bit nugget of information. Lenny Kravitz, a name I haven't heard in 15 years. Because he's an actor now. He's Fair. good too. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Have you seen The Hunger Games? Yeah, he's in those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's getting into more now, but yeah, he's he's a little too eccentric to be mainstream, so he has to find those particular roles. But he's good in what he does. And break out of like your typecast is yeah. kind of tough too. Yeah, he, I mean, he still wears the same outfit. He brings his own wardrobe from home and he plays <laughs> the character. I I, I digress. I'm it's impressive when you can just show up and your wardrobe already fits the Hunger Games. Right. I mean, <laughs> maybe that was his inspiration. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Moving on. The lastly in our uh, birthdays, the man, the myth, the legend, Woo! possibly the greatest of all time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I knew he would be. And we're here to we're here to take any questions and comments. The <laughs> <laughs> nature boy not being the greatest of all time. There you go. Nineteen forty nine American professional wrestler slash actor, uh, born as Richard Fleer. Richard Fleer. That yep. is correct. F-L-E-U-I-R or something like that. Like, could be awful letter. I-E-H-R. Um, yeah, see? See? This man That's why knows. he's here. Look at the shirt. This man knows. Look at the socks. Yeah, can I get on camera here? That's your yeah. camera, so you do what you we'll need to on, on there. there. <laughs> 16-time world champion. That's Nature nuts. Boy. Woo! Do you know the whole spiel? Um, I do, but I'm going to forget it on here. And then... <laughs> Because I'm so excited and invited for this shit. Yeah. I'm going to forget in the, my fellow wrestling community. You're jet flying, limousine riding. Jet flying, limousine riding, <laughs> wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. There it is. There it is. I'm, I'm sure I'm, the, I, I woo, jacked it up. Nature boy. Woo, Ric Flair. Yeah, I got to be honest. Uh, this guy, uh, I've got a couple ex-wives. I've driven a couple fancy cars. Um, I've had all the fancy jewelry. I've just done it all. And I don't know what to tell you. He's got flaws, but he's a person just like the rest of us. Right. Um, and in life, when he's failed, I failed too. Uh, but he always seems to come back. And he just, you can't underestimate his importance in popular culture. So, oh, no way. Of yeah. any hero that I chose to pick, people look at me weird for picking the nature boy, but he's got the most unique story from how he was adopted, uh, just everything that we went through. So There's a I bunch of adopted. really good documentaries out there. About uh, his 30 for 30, it's speaking of which, ESPN, if you haven't seen his 30 for 30, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you can understand what he has done for pop culture. Yeah. Wrestling on top of it, um, just hit, it's everywhere. Yeah. No, he's... He comes from a different era of wrestling compared to what... It didn't have quite the athleticism, but there was 
much more toughness to what they did he, as uh, far as the physical wear and tear they put on their body. Absolutely. He's a golden gopher. He played a little bit of football he at the did. University of Minnesota. He's got a little D1 in him, but I don't think the universe it, put him on the planet to play football. No, he was much bigger back then, too. You can look at pictures of him when he played for them, and he was 300 pounds. Huge. I mean, he it's was not what you see here. Yeah. yeah he oh, was wow. Defensive tackle, big dude, long. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Long, long, thick hair. No, he had shorter hair when he played, didn't he? Yeah. The, he the long hair. hair was more of his professional wrestling. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him flipped. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was, I mean, D1. Yep. No slouch. And Minnesota was, was a decent team back then. I'm not going to sure. say they were a powerhouse, but they were, I mean, absolutely competing on the national level. So that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get any uh, invites to play for the University of Minnesota, so it's impressive for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. When you don't get those and he does, yeah, he, yeah. he wins. Yeah, but that's he the way I see it. Drank himself and slept himself out of yeah, so out of uh, college. That's another and... thing. Uh I don't mean to cut you off, but that's You're another good. thing I share with the nature boys. I share my sobriety. There Very you go. cool. And when he went down, his intestine failed. He had to have major surgery. I didn't get to that point. Sure. But I have major health issues due to it. Sure. So sure. there's just there's just so many ways to connect on a human level there that I can't explain to people. And, and so. that's I think that's what a lot of people miss when it comes to professional wrestling. Like my girlfriend rolls her eyes. And it's you know, it's I I, I don't care. It's fun. You know, it's, it's it's a soap opera for guys. But Correct. the human element of what, especially the older class up to probably I would say through the attitude era the human era that people connected to the wrestlers. And that's why they latched onto either the heels or the baby face was absolutely, I can see myself in that person. Well now, whatever you get guys like, like Ellie Knight that's coming through. That's kind of getting back to that attitude era, but yes, I'm a wrestling nerd too. Um, oh, yeah. Join the club, buddy. Hey, but, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the, the minority here. Right. That's right, fine. right. I mean, I've got a, I've got an 11 year old son. Right. And I've got a 15 year old stepson and, we absolutely geek out on some wrestling. We have fun with it. So. Do it. No, you know, and more than anything, it's a chance to bond with my boys. Mm -hmm. And even our daughter's coming in, our, our daughter's coming in, watching a little bit of it, and she knows some of the people. Like, <laughs> That's another thing I can love you guys for. Right. So um, it's 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 slowly, I think, getting back, I hope, to that. But there is just something about that era, that, that late 70s, early 80s era of – wrestling that people cling on to and it's well, awesome i don't think um that you can go around in your regular life and be rick flair no no god no so when i you go, go to work, through multiple marriages like he did because yeah. that's what he tried to do when i go to work every day at my financial institution i have to walk around with a smile on my face and I have to be nice to folks all day long well guess right. what I, i'm not always in a good mood and i don't always <laughs> want to smile at people right but then again i i look at what my hero does for a living but what bad day he was having he had to go on camera and sure and, and be the man he had right. to be rick so Flair. there's a little bit of motivation there for me every day like maybe you're not having a good day and that's okay but you got to go in there and you got to smile at folks yep. and pretend like everything's all right you're, right you're, you're walking <laughs> yep. on, you're walking on camera here and making your mortgage payments so you know does that exactly. make sense oh totally i don't know if yeah I'm yeah saying absolutely what I'm thinking, no know, you're but, good you're good yeah. Sorry, I'll let you guys go. You brought up Rick Flair. No, you're no, good. That's why I'm here. That's today. that's why you're here. That's, you're that's all good, man. Over 50 years of uh, wrestling experience in the industry, um, considered one of the greatest all time. I would say, in my humble opinion, he is top three all time. Who's your other two? 
Yeah, we got to have a Mount Rushmore question if you're actually. Uh, if you're going to say that, is, is Hulk Hogan one of the three? Mount Rushmore is the top four all time. Your opinion. Unfortunately, Hogan is is top four all time because he has to be, and I'll explain that because of he what he did for Correct. the industry. Um, I would throw on there Shawn Michaels, and I would throw on there The Undertaker. Okay, that's your top three. Those that's are fantastic four. picks. That's with with Ric Flair. Okay, that's so your Mount Rushmore is your four. So here's mine, and I'll explain them as I go along. Sure. Uh, number one, I think. With, in, no, in no particular order. No, 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 no. These yeah. are just my picks. So yeah. my top four, for me, obviously we're going to have Ric Flair on there. Sure. He invented swag. He invented drip in the 80s. There just really sure. wasn't. He was doing stuff so far ahead of its time. That's he, awesome. He invented the crazy bump into the turnbuckle He did. Well. He, <laughs> well, his deal was he invented making himself look so good getting beat up that you look like a trillion dollars in the ring. And yeah. Right. So Ric Flair is the greatest of all time because he could make a broomstick look like I was whooping his ass. Yeah, he ain't wrong. So Ric Flair wins. He ain't wrong. So number two for me is going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. If there's still a name you remember from any period in your life. I almost Stone put Cold him Steve on there Austin. instead of The Undertaker, but I think you can understand why. I and then number three uh, is my least favorite of all time. That's The Rock. And I'm going to tell you why I grew up a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. I just don't have to like ah. the rock if I don't want to, and I'm not going <laughs> right, to. Exactly. But yeah. he is he is just the way he's conned the he media, is. movies, yeah. and stuff. He's brought so many different eyes. Now he's on the board at TKO. It's Oh, the crossover is. He is going yeah. to do amazing things. I'm very excited. Sure. And then number four is the one that gets me in trouble because he he's tied with Ric Flair for the most world titles. And it's, it's going to be John Cena. Because your kids grew up with John Cena. Your right. kids would have grown up with John Cena. Sure. So now that they're adults, guess who they think the greatest of all time is? Right. My son listens to me and the things that I say, so he doesn't like John Cena. So I don't like but that's John the, Cena. That's, that's the LeBron, yeah. Michael Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying I tell him not to like him. I'm just saying he We grew up with Michael Jordan. We all know Michael Jordan is and will be the greatest of all time forever in basketball forever oh growing up you in, stop rolling your growing eyes growing up in the 90s i watched right. literally all of those games and as an adult i've seen kobe's games and i've seen the bronze games and guess what right. the magic just ain't there and, and it's, it, that's personal for me i guess that's going to be my opinion but I, I watched michael create out of nothing every time he had the basketball every day every game i watched greatest of all time was larry bird now that's sure. Larry Legend's the man. Larry, Larry Legend, Legend's the man. Larry that's like Legend, saying Kareem is the yeah. is the greatest. Larry Legend walked into the locker room on, at the NBA All Star Game. He didn't want to do the three point contest. He looks around the locker room and goes, "Which one of you suckers is taking second? And that was the that was the year he did it with the warm up jacket on. Right? With the yeah. warm up, he jacket. never yeah. took the warm up off. That's nope. a gangster. Yeah, and then he, he yeah. saw. <laughs> he walked up to Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp's rookie year, and he goes, "You're the guy that took all my records in Indiana." He goes. Yes, sir. He goes, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> Dropped a double nickel on him that day. Yep. Yeah. That's he, awesome. He called his shot. He would he would go up with, you know, pick a guy. Sure. And literally call every shot he was going to take. And they'd be on the defensive side, and he'd say 15-footer from the right corner off the backboard. Boom, go down, and he'd hit it. He'd come back and say, I'm going to steal the ball. I'm going to dribble twice. I'm going to pump fake. You're going to go up in the air. I'm going to step around you. I'm going to lay it up on the <laughs> And he would do exactly that. He would come back and say, I'm going to steal the ball. I'm going to go down and I'm going to dunk it. And they're like, come on, dude, you're white. You're goofy. No, he'd go down there and it's Chuck Taylor's and he'd steal the ball. He'd go down there and he'd dunk it. Hmm. That that goes far beyond stats, titles, oh, agreed. 
everything yeah. because that dude had basketball in his blood and, and, sure. and could do whatever he wanted to on court. My favorite Larry Bird story will be when Doc Rivers tells the game about how he <laughs> scored 60 on the Hawks and they ended up uh, rooting for him at the end of the game yep. because, <laughs> yep. because they couldn't stop him. So they yeah. just started cheering him on as he was I mean, just you can't beat him. him. He yeah, hit the yeah. shot for 60, and their bench stood up waving the cheering. towel for right? him. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Larry Legend ain't lost on me, brother. I, I, I get it. I, I, I will stand by that it's not about titles. It's not about it's not about trophies you get. It's about how dominant were you in playing the game. And that dude could go down there and tell you he's going to shoot 57 on you <laughs> and literally will himself to hit 57 points yeah. on the nose. That's true. That's yeah. absurd. Yeah. And sure. I'll, I'll take that over every ranking, every trophy, every title. Larry Legend's the man. And I, and I think you have to have the era conversation in there, too. Larry played when they uh, they played defense. Oh, they, so played they played They played real defense back yeah. then. So. Right. Yeah. And if they would have had the three-point line, Todd, or Todd uh, Pete Maravich would have been the all-time leading scorer. Okay. Yeah. He averaged 50 or no, 44 points a game in college. Right. In four years. He averaged 44 points. I, mean, I, I could get 40 points in four years. That's fine. He That's about all I would ever 44 get. 44 <laughs> points again. Cumulatively. Yeah, yeah. And they said that if they would have had the three-point line out there, he would average 57. Nice. In college. That's crazy. That's, That's stupid. Insane. When, I play, when I play the all-time jazz on 2K, uh, Pistol Pete's their starting guard or shooting guard. I don't remember, but. He, you can't steal the ball from him. His handles are ridiculous. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's yeah, un, yeah. it's un, I've I'm gonna never guess, stripped the ball from him. I'm going to guess he's probably two guards. Stockton's one. That'd be my guess. Can you imagine that being your backcourt? <laughs> no. <laughs> a pasty gangster and no. Pistol Pete? Yeah, my, pasty my, gangster and Pistol Pete? My brain cannot wrap around that. Okay, let's move on. We've uh, rabbit hole enough. Sorry. I love Sorry. it. Oh, no, don't I ever apologize. I love basketball, too. That's my favorite sport. Don't ever All apologize because right. I am a rabbit hole and son right. of a I'm the Ric Flair rabbit hole. And anyway, uh, let's move on to the In Memoriam segment, 1957. There weren't many of these. No, a um, couple of them. American mob boss, born in 1893, Bugs Moran. Yep. Uh, we, we do need to do a deep dive on some uh, American gangsters someday. Yeah. I'm listening to, like, I, I'm, I'm not shy about saying my all-time favorite podcast is Time Suck with Dan Cummins. And, and I, I'm, you mentioned it. Currently, I almost wore it. I, Every single episode we do, you mention it. My my girlfriend for Valentine's Day got me three time suck shirts. Oh, yeah, and one of them, it, it's it's from my favorite episode about Ed Kemper. If you know who Ed Kemper is, I know who Ed Kemper the is, the co-ed killer. Yeah, oh, and yeah. the voice that he uses is mother. <laughs> and all the shirt says is mother. Nice. And then I got one that says "Sucking in Kansas." It's oh. the Cult of the Curious Kansas chapter. Okay. And then once just a time suck logo with the black hole in the event horizon. It's awesome. She did amazing this year. I love it. I just geeked out. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, currently I'm listening to one about the Irish mob and they get a little bit into the Italian side of things. Sure. And it's just awesome. So hmm. the one other tip that I did put on here was he did actually die in USP Leavenworth right here in Kansas. There you go. Federal prison. Yep. Federal penitentiary. Have you got to go on base and check it out? Uh-uh. You can go on. You can go on the old one and drive through it. The old one they didn't take it down oh, nice. on Leavenworth on the base. Yeah. Oh, I, that's cool. Huh. Ooh, I want to go now. Field trip. Let's go. All right, I'm in. <laughs> we could. What if we could do a show from there? Uh, yeah. Doubt cool. it. I don't think they have Wi-Fi there. We have phones. 
We could. Yeah, let's do it on a hotspot. What kind of technical difficulties could <laughs> yeah. we have there? We have a $150 million stadium, and we can't seem to get good Wi-Fi some days. 85, but it's got a blowtorch for Wi-Fi. We still Whatever. have problems with Whatever, it. yeah. Anyway, um, little little nugget side note. My uh, my stepdad, his first uh, duty station outside before he went into uh, Green Beret School was in Northern California. His first job that he ever did once he got there was he helped escort prisoners off of Alcatraz. Very so cool. he got there at that yeah. that that nugget of time when they were that's a, closing it that's out. That's a thing and, you don't forget about. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he's pretty sure that he's seen the big ones. Sure. Um he named Al a couple. Capone. I don't I, I don't know who Robert Stroud was still there. I don't know. I've done people, the tour on Alcatraz. A I've done times, it too, but I and every time they mention the names. I always go, oh, yeah, I know that name. I know yeah. that name. I know that name. <laughs> yeah. Ask me once I leave the island who was there. Crickets, man. Yeah, no Absolute clue. crickets. Yeah, yeah. no. I, like I said, I, I don't know if they were there or not. I don't know. You know, it's just the names, like you said, that pop into your mind. Yeah. So I don't know if they, if he escorted them off. But he's, he's fairly confident he helped uh, escort Capone off. Wow. Just because of the pomp and circumstance that came through, the the whispers coming through, the, the soldiers and everything. But sure. He's not 100% because they didn't notify anybody by name they didn't know any inmate numbers anything like that but huh. um that was his first job and then shortly after that he went to green beret school and then went off to vietnam and all that good stuff so very cool uh lastly 1983 in our in memoriam segment american playwright and poet born in 1911 the man the myth the legend himself tennessee tennessee williams and that's all i got yep and now the reason we're here today, yeah, let's go ahead and go back to that. Uh, today, in uh, 1836, a little little gentleman everybody might uh, have heard of at one point, um, Samuel Colt, is granted a United States patent for his revolver firearm. Yep. The revolver is one of two guns that is giving the distinction of helping win the West. Mm-hmm. The right. other one yes. being? The Remington repeating rifle? The Winchester. The Winchester. Winchester. Okay. Winchester. Oops. Close. The Remington Sorry. ended up okay. being... You're on the spot. Okay. okay. I know. I Damn it. I was he does it to me right. all the time, and I'm like... Ugh. Now they're not going to have me back because I got the gun question. Right. God you got everything else it. right. You missed no, that one. You're out. No. Uh, the Remington ended up being... There's the door. The door. <laughs> yeah, it's over there. All right. I'm yeah. not leaving. Yeah, leave my laptop when you die. <laughs> um, but the Remington ended up being the more efficient of the two guns, but the Winchester was the cheaper one, the the more prevalent gun, which they gave to everybody, everybody used. The haunted one. Yes. Different system. Maybe uh, I am thinking of that movie, the Winchester movie with the weird house. Yeah, the Winchester the Mystery the House. Lady, the owner of the company built the weird house or whatever. Uh, she was the, wa- the she wife, was the wife oh, okay, yeah. of... The Maybe guy. That's, why, that's probably why I was confused. And she was super into like spirits and spiritual stuff and, and had, you know, clairvoyance and stuff. And they convinced her that if she built this house and never stopped building it, <laughs> that she wouldn't be haunted by the ghosts of the people yeah. that were killed by the by her firearms. By the firearms that, that was, made her the millionaire. A sound logic. Keep her. them at bay. Yeah. Whatever. It was the constant noise and the different like hallways and stairways and uneven floors would cons- like they get confused 
and they they wouldn't be able to find her to so haunt her way her. to fight spirits was to get them lost yes and confused well they didn't have maps i guess that's um, true I guess and if you've been be in the house to use google maps because they can't hold phones right or maps or maps i guess yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. they could look at maps on a wall, so she didn't put any. Like they could probably. Yeah, there were no read. mirrors or nothing. So, Wicked house. So, speaking of that, which I'm going to wrap it all again. Um, my <laughs> my favorite uh, podcast is Time Suck, and currently the newest one that's out. Spoiler alert for anybody who does not have uh, the Patreon account and pay the five dollars to be a space lizard. Um, they're talking about the fourth dimension. Okay. And he's talking about the astral plane spirits and how. We can't see them because we can't wrap our mind around anything but a 3D universe. And the reason we see them sometimes is because they revert back to a 3D line of thinking. Okay. Interesting. And yeah, right. Hmm. And um, that's why they're they're blips and they're not constantly here. Huh. There's a lot more nerd stuff that goes into it. He has follow-up questions. So um, <laughs> I can yes! see it in and out in and out of what you just said. That's yeah. a, that's a fascinating theory. Yeah. Anything theoretical I'm in for. So my wife and I, we do paranormal investigations in our spare time. Okay. So hearing weird hobby, but I like it. So hearing that, <laughs> well, and that's okay. Well, it comes I, with the territory comes with pretty. Like, so it's being a wrestling like fan. It. Oh, okay. Like I'm good. Uh, yeah. But it, if maybe I can't understand the fourth dimension and they come back to the third dimension, is that want, is that them wanting to communicate? Cause I've had some experiences and I have some experiences that I have on film sure. that are not explainable. So how or when, or how could they come back from this fourth dimension or why? why? So it's because your so camera can it- films in three dimensions. Right. And it's, okay, it's, but let's say my experience is outside of filming. Let's say sure. I'm walking in somewhere and right, I feel cold. Your, your mind yeah. can only wrap around a third dimension. It, you're, you're not able to wrap around a fourth dimension because you don't know what the fourth dimension is, whether it's time, whether it's something we for. That's the same thing as Star Wars. A force could sure. be real because we don't know what is in space. We don't have a clue. Right. I love so I'm not it. just yeah. proving or trying to say what you're No, 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 no. I'm with you. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of something clever and yeah. witty to say, and I failed. Oh, okay. You're so, okay. I'm I just going to kick back and let this happen. Theory. You guys go. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating because my wife and I are trying word to salad. prove it. Yeah, that's we're trying to prove the existence of the afterlife. Sure. sure. So, so that's interesting. Tomorrow, yeah. in the one o'clock-ish, when it comes out, I'll send you a link, and you can listen to this podcast. It's about a three-hour podcast, and then you can try and figure it out from there. Okay, deal. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's a good one. The first 13 minutes of my mind had exploded, and my eyes were watering from laughter. So okay. Dan Cummins is a, is a stand-up comedian by trait, but then he likes to do all of these different things with um, history. And he does a scared to death podcast to where they do like paranormal, eerie, scary stuff and all that good stuff. So, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean so, to cut in again. No, you're oh, fine. That's awesome. No, this is a blast. Man. You're so fine. So. This is why we good. don't have like a script. Okay. This yeah. is exactly why we did an outline once and we failed. <laughs> it was awesome. So <laughs> we uh, did a show about grunge music one time, and that one really failed. That's the dark show. We didn't. We yeah. maybe did it. We don't know. Yeah. Unless you were there, you don't know. Well, actually, and it was a great show. Actually, my buddy Matt was there, and he don't even know because he was <laughs> sleeping and over on the couch. Yeah. So. It's a whole other conversation. So Samuel Colt, born uh, July 19th, 1814, passed away January 10th, 1862. So he did not get to see. 
I, I stopped sharing my screen for you. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. Muchos gracias. Uh, so he did not really get to see the heyday of his revolver, the heyday of his right. pride and joy. Sure. Um, he was an American inventor, industrialist, and businessman. Um, they established him and his family, Colt's Patent Firearms Manufacturing Company, now called Colt's Manufacturing Company. Um, he was a big proponent of interchangeable parts, uh, okay. which was one of, I think it was Benjamin Franklin's big pushes, but I could be wrong on that. Our last show was about inventors and I've already forgotten it. Um, yes, it was Benjamin Franklin anyway. Um, <laughs> but he, but the, 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 um, I mean, just, just the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't My know. My mind went blank. The, um, the line, the building of what they made. Words are escaping mush mouth. Um, like an assembly line? There it is. Okay. Dude, I'm struggling today. It's all right. Today? I'm the host. <laughs> yeah, it's your show. Be scared. So, yeah, the, the assembly line with the interchangeable parts, uh, they were a big proponent of pushing that out to get mass production to to make multiple objects at one time on different lines. He was a big push into that to get into the mainstream of innovation, of invention, of building, of all these things. So uh, his first two business ventures were producing firearms in Patterson, New Jersey. Okay. Of all places. Um, Never heard of it. He was born in Hartford, Connecticut, died in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, but yeah, he was, or maybe Paterson, it's P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N. Two T's. One, one, one T or two? One. I'm going to say Paterson. Paterson. It's New Jersey. It doesn't roll off. Yeah, it's well. it's New really Jersey. Known. I'm not sure it matters. Yeah. Uh, they, they made uh, underwater mines. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fun family business. Uh, yeah, both, right. <laughs> both ended in disappointment, as underwater mines would. Um, <laughs> they tend to blow up. Right. His uh, business affairs improved rapidly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. To that, one. that was good. <laughs> I like it. Uh, rapidly improved in 1847 when the Texas Rangers ordered 1,000 revolvers during, during the American War with Mexico. Could you imagine getting an order like that and going, no way? Maybe 1,000? Yeah. Cha-ching. Cha yeah. Right. right. So, but at the same time, it's it, it's the McDonald's thing all over again. Like, yeah. Surely they don't yeah. want so, five stand mixers. On that note, when Samuel Colt passed away in 1862 at the ripe old age of 47 years old, he died as one of the wealthiest men in America. Dang. So because cool. of the Texas Rangers buying a thousand, um, it really did make a big push with the gold rush settlement, everything moving West. It became the, the popular firearm because one, it was cheap to buy. Right. Because they mass produced them and it was reliable. So, hmm. so with that, we decided to split her off a bit. And uh, we, we are we are discussing with, as I just said, the Western Frontier, the Wild West. What does everybody know from the Wild West? Oh, Tombstone, right? Outlaws. Outlaws. Okay. Yeah. I was on the paper. <laughs> yeah. I put him on the spot. I'm so mean. <laughs> he does it to me all the time. Yeah. And he'll yeah. know exactly what he's looking for. And I'll give him some answer. And he goes, Nope. Nope. <laughs> My love language is trash talk. Bring it on. Good. That's all right. Mine's rabbit holing. So, yeah. That's all I got. You guys talk. I'm just kidding. So, we decided to go, to go into, uh, 
outlaws, and that's not necessarily outlaws of the West. That is just outlaws in general. Right. Um, outlaws have been used. It, it's a term that's been used since the early to mid 1800s, and it's it's was synonymous with those that um, didn't really have respect for the law. Sure. Or sometimes the government. Or the government. And yeah. Popular thinking. They did their own thing. And in the Wild West, where there really wasn't much law, it really did flourish and it became a way of life for a vast majority of the population. Um, Boomtowns popped up all over the place because of the cattle industry, because of the, uh, you know, finding of gold. Railroads. Railroads. I mean, you, you name any innovation, any big discovery that happened in the Midwest, the West, the Rocky Mountain region, all the way to the Pacific coast, and a town popped up in a matter of 18 months. Right. So It had a saloon, it had a jail, and it had a bank. A hotel and a brothel, and you got yourself a town. Yep. Where yep. we're from, that's every small town in the western part right. of the that's, state. Right. And they're that's still there. Right over there. They're still there from the 1870s, too, I promise you. So, <laughs> it's great. So Wichita was a big cattle town, big cow town, which is how we really got our, our big uh, – expansion push because well we I'm, I'm looking at the river yep that was one source of flourishment if you look at any any civilization in time they're all built around water because right. what do we need water so and you, if you think about it even the bigger cities are where two rivers come in correct which is also what wichita has it's also what sacramento has in california it's what pittsburgh has Pittsburgh has three three right i mean it's it's three one river of those stadium. three river stadium any any confluence yeah. seems to be where the bigger cities or they're on the coast but even new york city the hudson river is there as well as the atlantic ocean right so you have fresh water and it's still water. a confluence it's still yes. something which where waters meet yes because if you follow any of our rivers for 10 miles outside of the city there's nothing there not much yeah. there's nothing in, in any direction and we're 200 300 years past right and there's still nothing there right Excuse i mean you me. got the walnut river the arkansas 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 yeah I, f I feel like ours are sometimes mislabeled as rivers i don't know they just they're creek sized to me still at this point <laughs> right you know, it's no mississippi size. like you're saying the walnut river like folks from other states are just like oh the walnut river oh, in Kansas. Right. No, it, it, it is a creek it's really ankle deep and, and as wide as a bicycle i mean it's just not as impressive as it sounds right but wow. it was enough to get a wet blanket over here yeah. to talk about the walnut river yeah <laughs> I'm Sorry, I led with that one. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm just no. saying. Yeah, but it's yeah. just it's it's funny to see how the bigger cities find sure water and and where they meet just seems to be well. And and you talk about it. the the push the western expansion of the railroad. Yeah, little, little town north of here, about what twenty miles, called Newton. Yeah, uh, was a big cattle town when the. City of Wichita couldn't exactly agree upon a contract with any of the railroads, so they went north 20 miles, and the little boom town called Newton, Kansas was born. Yeah. And, uh, well, it was ran by the railroad industry. They didn't have any law whatsoever. Newton, Kansas had a red light district. That's Oh, wow. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm talking about eight to ten brothels on one side, eight to ten saloons on the other side, and zero law. And one Yeehaw. of the yeah. <laughs> the book that I gave you to read yeah. that my brother and sister-in-law got me for my birthday, 
Thank you again. Um, talks about one of the bloodiest gunfights in Western history happened in Newton, Kansas. Really, I did not All know because yeah, two I'm... gentlemen from Texas had a beef back in Texas and they ran into each other in, in Newton. Newton, Kansas. Newton, of America. All of all places. One of the bloodiest gun battles in American history. Spoiler alert, three people died. However, the number of injured (laughs) is what gets it the bloodiest (laughs) battle in Western history. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's a great story. It's a great read. That book's only 110 pages, and I should have flew through it in one night. But You had two weeks. I I made it through three chapters. (laughs) I made it through 30 pages. Look at this guy. Who brought him? I've known Ron a while, and I've never seen him read a book, so I don't think you have to take any business off of of Valid, but I do plan on reading this one. Well, so I plan did on I. doing a lot of things too, Ron. Yeah, yeah we, we all do. <laughs> I was going to conquer the world. Look where we're at. So, yeah, that's. I was hoping for more of a reaction from that guy. I got nothing. You're conquering your world. This thing on. Hello? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought that joke would have landed a lot better than that. Guys, tough crowd. So, what we chose to do, and Ryan was uh, initially a part of this, and you know, Ryan is still on injured reserve, so he decided to pass his notes on to our, um, we'll say, resident outlaw expert. Because today I am. We're not. (laughs) I'm wearing the hat today. And if you have any knowledge (laughs) of it, you're way further ahead than we are. Okay. So I passed my notes uh, from Ryan on to you. You shall be our pseudo Ryan for the day or uh, stand in fake Ryan, but we're going to start with Ron since he's to the right. What does that mean? I chose you to go first. Okay. <laughs> so we chose two outlaws. Yeah. And again, they're not necessarily all from the same time period. They are just considered outlaws. Um, and we have a little, little ditty to read about each of them, to talk about each of them. We'll rabbit hole for a bit and we're going to kick through an hour of this show and have a good time. Yeah. Who you got? Who comes to mind? When you say married couple, partners in crime, there's only one that's an option. I know who you've got, so I can't answer this. Who do you got, Joe? Gosh, I'm going to roll the dice and go with Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, that's it. Ding, ding, ding. Which is crazy because their infamy is during the Depression, and there wasn't a ton of notoriety that could spread, and, and people just learn about them. And yet they have an impact 90 years later. Still, so, uh, though sure. th- that whole partner in crime moniker thing that, that just lives, Bonnie and Clyde were that couple. What do you what do you think of when you hear the names Bonnie and Clyde? You know, it's crazy. What's, it's, it's, what's it's your a, initial thought? Heroes. Okay. What's your initial thought? I'm gonna I'm gonna counter them a little bit with anti-hero. They're the, sure. they're the bad guy you root for. Right. Right. Which is which is probably way more accurate. But the first thing you think of, I I, I, I thought of highly romanticized. Is yes, that what you're getting. I at? think yeah. of modern outlaw. First okay, thing that comes to mind. But when I when I really think about their story, and you'll you'll dig into this, I it what <laughs> really what he thinks. Yeah, what really comes to mind is true love. Yeah, I mean those two loved each other. Yeah, had to at that point. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, they started out, let's see here, Bonnie Elizabeth Parker and Clyde Chestnut Barrow. Chestnut. Chestnut. It's his real middle name. Nobody names her Kid Chestnut anymore. No. Nobody, nobody did before like that, that either. That's a lost art. Well, maybe. 
Uh, they met <laughs> in. Well, I, I feel like if your name was Chestnut, somebody's going to say something mean to you. Right. Or well, you should have some I big. Would. You better yeah. carry a big stick if you're yeah. middle named Chestnut. <laughs> or a Tommy yeah. gun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Fair enough. Go on. If you're on brand. <laughs> well, they met early 1930s. They both came from families that were impacted by the um, Great Depression, the Dust Bowl area. They they were um, in Missouri, I believe, when they when they met. But they were 19 years old, and Bonnie was already married, and that didn't matter to her when she met. She met Clyde Barrow. It just she was smitten on it, smitten, they, and he was too. They sure. both were just. You know, but that it, again? I, I don't know. That I can. There. Yeah. Mine was more of a. Is it, is it supposed to make those noises? Uh, it's because my beard isn't big enough. That's why I can't make the same noises. Oh, you are kind of the, the lacking of the three of us. Somebody said in the comments, "They shall remain nameless because I don't like to point fingers, but I will call out what they said." Actually, you know what? I'll I'll put it. Uh, I've always been a little bit jealous of uh, Ron's beard just because it's full. Well, right there on the screen, like it I says. Like these little patches here, I can't grow hair. And every time I look at Ron, I want to just slap that yeah. beard. Oh, the two face. beards and a half yeah. beard. Guy. Who's the half beard? Who? Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? It's full. Don't listen. It's Don't. a very nice beard. It's, you look fine. It's not a lock. Thank you. The salt and pepper, man. It looks good. It's distinguished. Fine. Fine. I am a silver Dis fox. Distinguished. I like to call myself that, do I? <laughs> It's a self-made title. Self did you Fox. give yourself that nickname? No. Uh, okay, nope. that counts. Okay, so yeah, I go. did. I did. I can't. I can't keep uh, well, that lie up. So <laughs> yeah, away from you. Justin's salt and pepper beard, <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. They hooked up. They 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 kind of got together, and then right away, Clyde went to prison, and their yeah. attraction lasted that like test of. Can he be incarcerated? Can we stick together? Will he write me? Won't he write me? <laughs> he made a ring while he was in prison. Wow, look at that that's, guy. That's pretty cool. Wow. I mean, it's just one of those things. I um, set the bar high, didn't I? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I am not doing my duties, I guess. Yeah, Clyde, why are you not making license plates? Make it a ring, you Make her a ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See how I throw him off when I do that? Every time. You do it all <laughs> the time, too. Good at this uh, only 21 years old, Clyde Barrow had already committed a long list of misdeeds. That dude was a baby. Oh, yeah. he was. Well, so was she. But, yeah, I mean, they were babies. But everybody did. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. 21 back then was like 35 now. Right. Yeah. They matured a lot quicker. Uh, just a few short weeks after meeting Bonnie, he was sentenced to a term at Eastman Prison Farm. Uh, it wasn't his la first day behind bars. And it wouldn't be not. his last. No. Oh no, he was always. They they were all. Even Bonnie was in and out. And she oh yeah, wrote, no, she, she, was, she was no and, she was no Southern Belle. No, no, which was awesome. She was a smoking, drinking, shooting son of a gun. Actually, it says that after her, well, her two months behind bars, Bonnie wrote poetry to pass the time. However, like Clyde, she she wasn't rehabilitated one bit. <laughs> Once released, she returned to Clyde Clearly. and back to Shocker. her infamous criminal Shocker. lifestyle. Spoiler alert. Whoa. Didn't see so, it coming. So the it was Bonnie and Clyde, and Clyde Barrow made the Barrow gang. Yes. So they were they were the Bonnie and Clyde, the Barrow gang. And everybody kind of changed who they were as far as like the Barrow gang people as they were 
joined and sure. killed and quit and ran away or whatever they did. Always the barrel. But it was always yeah. Bonnie and Clyde. Those two were. They were the mainstays. And they were through it all. Um, but they were heroes in the public eye at first. Sure. They were romanticized. Well, they, they were, were the they ones were, that. They were Robin Hood. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But they they just. The public didn't see them with murdering as a bad thing. Right. Well, they, they didn't they didn't go through town murdering people. They didn't bully people. They they paid off a lot of the locals right. in order to have safe houses, in order to not alert the authorities, and in, in, in order to be able to get away and people look at the opposite direction. It really wasn't I mean, yeah, they were they were robbing, they were shooting, they were thieving. But they weren't murderers no they were respectful i mean oftentimes they would take people with the police and 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 like hostage they'd set them free they they wouldn't kill They're, unnecessarily unnecessarily there it is and he talked about my mush mouth <laughs> yeah. um there there wasn't one documented case of them taking a hostage and killing the hostage right so but they would kill. They would kill to get away, to make a getaway. Sure. They would kill. Sure. Law enforcement. Right. Yeah. Well, there were sometimes some civilian laws. But, but, that's, but that's, that's that's the yeah. the territory. Right. Which, speaking of which, was from Texas to Minnesota to Louisiana. They were all over the place. Whereas a lot of people had like a a home base, yeah. uh, a radius that they would they would they would they were all over. They they were very centralized in between Texas, Missouri, Kansas, that area. But they would go so far away, like you said, Minnesota, yeah. Louisiana. They also had cars. Yes. Which is different Nin from 19, 60 years before when they were on horseback. 1934 Ford. Right. Was there... Was their, their chariot of chase. I was just place. about to say chariot of choice. Yeah. Well, and, and, and guy. as I look at it, uh, just from my weird perspective as an individual when i when i see two people who are not necessarily stealing bikes from kids but they're robbing banks federal right, banks right right i don't necessarily have a huge bleeding heart for uncle sam sometimes oh no so thank you for ripping off the banks because they're just hoarding the money and some of us don't eat well right and they're just the times and the yeah. economics they were in it and at again their point in life you're looking at they made sure not, I mean, like if, if they ran into a farm to get cover, they didn't take anything from the people. Right, yeah. They literally hid the car and hid in the barns themselves. Or if it was somebody that they knew, somebody that was a safe house, you know, they, they would, they would assume a role in the family so that they didn't look like Bonnie and Clyde. They didn't look like these outlaws. And I, and I really like that. They did that touch on something you went over earlier. You went into your, um, you like to you're deep diving into the Italian mafia now. Yeah, yeah some yeah. of the bigger neighborhood guys during Thanksgiving they would pull up trucks and hand out turkeys to yeah. everyone in the neighborhood. It didn't matter who you were, what color you yep. were, where you were from, right. if you were Jew or Muslim or Christian. The local mafia boss gave you a turkey for Thanksgiving, and guess what? You didn't do after that. You didn't dime him out. You didn't rat him right. out. Right, exactly. Somebody was selling dope on the corner. Mm, this guy gave me a turkey. We'll let him sell dope. It's not a big deal. There was an ulterior motive behind what they oh, did. However, it was a positive serving to the community because they the the community they kept fed. They kept in good graces with the people. They didn't go out of their way. I mean, the, the mobsters that were trying to do business 
even though they were evil, they were evil in the sense that they would kill you on a you know drop of a hat if you if you wronged them, anything like that. But they didn't have to worry about doing their business. And on on the flip side of that, the 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 townspeople, the neighborhood folk, they didn't have to worry that they were going to be in trouble because they knew that well, if I don't say anything, if I right, they were it. protected. And a lot of that happened with Bonnie and Clyde. A lot of that happened with the Old West. A lot, I mean, that's kind of a an, an overlapping theme between all of these is that most of them took care of the people around them. Correct. Because it, it was a, it was a in for them because they had a place to hide. They did. They wanted to get right out. But on the on the you know, citizen side. They didn't have to worry that they were going to get, you know, brutalized. They they were like warlords. They weren't, you know, anything sure. like that. No, so, that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. yeah it, it was it was a double edged, I don't want to say sword, but double edged pillow. Yeah. You yeah. pay your protection money to the local mafioso. Other people from right. other neighborhoods don't come in and rob your store. Right. Exactly. So Bonnie and Clyde's at your house. No one's coming to mess with you at your house. But you know exactly. that yeah. you're safe with them there. But exactly. At, at right. The, at the same time, they also know that's those are Bonnie and Clyde's people. I don't mess with them. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't go out there and, and hang <laughs> right. around or anything. We're not <laughs> going to play Yahtzee. But you know, a hundred percent, I agree with you. you right. Know. Oh yeah. Uh, on the hostage front, there um, it is. <laughs> two hostages were taken: an undertaker named D.H. Darby and a woman named Sophie Stone. Darby and Stone were abducted when Bonnie and Clyde commandeered their car in Louisiana. At first, the outlaws were rough with their captor, captives, but quickly softened their attitude. By the time they dropped their, the terrified couple off in Arkansas, Clyde was feeling apologetic and offered them $5 for their trouble and invited the undertaker to embalm him when he died. $5. $5. $5. Sorry about your trouble. Sorry we, we stole your car. Here's five bucks, and when I die, you can embalm me. It's job security okay. right there. Yeah, <laughs> I job guess. job security right there. Oh, uh, but that, that five dollars went a long way back then. It did, and and it oh. just goes to show that they weren't. They were criminals. Yes, they were antiheroes. I love that term because it's really sure. it's the bad guy you want to win that you want to root for. I love it. Um, but they weren't bad people no. in the beginning. When they would, they, they fled one of their, their safe house hideouts one time and they left behind camera film. Well, the newspaper developed that film, put it in the, in the newspapers, and it only further you know, made them look more like this romantic couple that's right. running from the law. And they used it to their advantage. Everything turned when they got stopped in Texas and cold-blooded, open fire on on texas state troopers that's when the tides kind of went away from them being this hero this 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 couple in love that's just trying to make ends meet that's just trying to do what's best for them and became this outlaw this this criminal that's running right. from the law and right. now all of a sudden the public perception is different it's, i believe that's called a heel turn fair um <laughs> I've, sound, so I it's, like it. it's wrestling yeah yeah oh. sorry no it's fine but it's what the, the, you. yeah yeah you guys i'll just go home you guys can do this show no, you're that's doing fine you're doing no um you did the research continue. i did yeah. yeah but that's when they once they had the public turned against them they kind of had this 
the police had this support from the public to stop them because now they've killed two cops that didn't do anything wrong. They just were approaching their car and they shot them. That's mm -hmm. murdering. Now that less survival, more murdering, more criminal, more sure. something. A little more homicide this time. Right. It's a lot less survival. Yeah. And, and, and survival can be romantic, I guess. Well. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Um, so the, the law enforcement finally did get a hold of them. They set up a roadblock and one of the lawmen that was on the scene that they reported that despite the fact they were clutching their sidearms when the trap was sprung, neither Clyde or Bonnie was able to get a shot off. It is said that uh, footage taken from that day shows the car was hit with 112 bullets and about a quarter of which are believed to have hit the infamous couple. The coroner would yeah. ultimately report that Clyde had 17 bullet holes bullet wounds and bonnie had 26 yeah they did not hold back wow yeah have you seen the movie the highwayman no kevin costner no. and is it woody harrelson i don't know if i, I think seen it is uh -uh. it's literally about the detectives that went and found or tracked down bonnie and clyde and then the you know climax of that movie is the gun battle or the the, the, the i don't know if you call it a battle but the end of bonnie and clyde Sure. It is a fantastically done movie. And it does not shy away from the historical reality of what they did. They didn't Hollywood it up. They didn't they they didn't over romanticize Bonnie and Clyde. They didn't vilify them. It stuck to the historical accuracy of all of it. So awesome. It's a good movie. I was skeptical at first because I'm like, oh, it's gonna be dumb. Yeah. Two old Pinkerton detectives that, you know, are bucking modern technology modern yeah. trends or whatever right and then i'm like oh bonnie and clyde oh oh yeah i didn't know that I'm tickled my out, interest yeah. and it, it's it's just a really well done movie so hmm. and they and they do talk quite a bit about from the detective's perspective on what they were doing as far as trying to track them down and the chaos that they were creating but that they weren't killing people unnecessarily right so there was a there's a respect factor to it from what Bonnie and Clyde was doing to what the detectives were looking at. So. Sure. And it's so well done. Very cool. So definitely worth watching if you like the Bonnie and Clyde story. So. Right. And and I think it's a I think it's an awesome story. Yeah. You know. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Just found out Daniel just called. He's the one that's in basic training right now. Oh. He uh just went through his gas chamber. He had a blast. He was rewarded. <laughs> nice. But he's doing so well. He was re rewarded an extra phone call. Nice. So he's doing he's killing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He's, he's well, when I gave him a hug at MEPS right before he went in, I, I leaned in and said, ear, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> My exact words to him. He's like, I mean, I can't now. I was like, oh, you can. Still you good. Don't. Yeah. He's got, he's going to rule the world. He's awesome kid. Good for him. So good for yeah. him. Yeah. Yay, Dan. He is my current favorite active military member since my nephew's no longer in. Hell yeah. So he's one of the ones of us in this family that's going to make it. I just know it. Oh, he's Absolutely. great things. I don't know anything he's about him other than what you've told me. And he's, I, he's, I know he's my favorite. He's one of these dudes, though, that his brain never stops. Never. Sure. Never stops. That's he's, why I went a decade without being able to sleep. I know that right. feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just always craving knowledge on the topics he cares about. Right. But never about the things that are pertinent right in front of him. But he's this will change that. Right. No, no. Oh, oh, sure. I, I wish I'd have went in that early. 
Yeah. Because it would have shaped me completely different. But if I did, then I wouldn't have the life that I have and I'd love my life. Right. So, there's no so. there's no going back and changing. What ifs are, are kind of pointless in, in my opinion. Agreed. But Agreed. he's he's killing it. Good for him. Yeah. Proud of him. Yeah. Sorry. Don't I be. just can't can't Don't ignore be. my phone and Don't I missed be. his phone call for your podcast. I wondered who was calling or whose phone was going off. Yeah. But you were, mine. you were rolling through it like a champ. So, I tried to do the best so, I could. So when you do get to talk to him again, tell him. Probably Thanks. graduation at this point. That's fine. Just Thanks. Let's... Yeah. Thanks for having a podcast that I had to be a part of that wow. made me miss a phone call. Wow. Yep. I, I went there. He did go there. He did. did. Yep. Yeah. Went there. I would have done it at 830. <sighs> <laughs> we never know when he's going to call. Last time it was late at night. I it was know. from some other area code. I know. Now, if my phone had rang and his name came up, what Different podcast? Story. Yeah. You'd yeah. have been gone. I get it. I'd have just. I would have been minutes. more upset if you didn't. Right. If you saw his name and you pushed He did his... the right thing, called yeah. his mom. Yeah. Everybody exactly. should. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right, my turn. Sorry, yes, go. You're good, man. No, I will always take that uh, that rabbit hole when it comes to oh, family and, and life like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. We got 40 minutes to get through. Uh, we can make it short and sweet. Five of them. Mine will be pretty short. Um, <laughs> one of them, because I, I chose him strictly because of his name. And uh, there's not a lot to him. He was a Gold Rush era outlaw, but there's a little bit of mystery behind his uh, his history, his upbringing, all that good stuff. The most commonly agreed upon backstory is that he is the son of a British general in Canada. Okay. So right. uh, his name is Richard Barter, but he went by the infamous, infamous name of Rattlesnake Dick Barter. Oh, a lot of good jokes there. I don't know if you've heard of Rattlesnake Dick Barter, but... <laughs> I have now. Great jokes lined up already in your guys' brain, I can see. That, it, that so. was my name in high school. R- Rattlesnake. Rattlesnake Dick Barter. Oh, okay. I, I think you were going to say Rattlesnake Dick, but I, I get it now. Uh, so the legend of the Gold Rush era bandit Rattlesnake Dick Barter, a.k.a. Richard Barter... Uh, it's full of speculation and guesswork. Uh, one version, like I said, he's the uh, British son of a British military officer in Canada. Um, after his parents both died, he struck out for California because he had to support his sister. Okay. So he would have been all of 17, 18 years old. And instead of finding riches and finding good work, he found trouble. And he ended up in San Quentin prison. Oh, heard of it. This is in the early <laughs> stages of San Quentin Prison, right? As we all should have heard of it. Uh, they did not separate the hardened criminals from the slap on the wrist. You're going to get 18 months of hard right, labor. The white collar. Yeah. Right, right. So the only real showing of him being in San Quentin is, and I've got a picture of it, and I will I will put it up in our Facebook group. It is a chalkboard writing. Uh, it's an old photograph that just says, Rich Barter 516. So it would have been his cell number, his inmate number, they're not sure, and then his name. So huh. the, the only known Proof showing that, that he was, was there. However, oh. um, there are multiple um, newspaper articles that quoted people as saying that that's how he said that he got his outlaw start. So it matches up, it sinks. Yeah. So, uh, so in the mid 1850s, San Quentin had enacted a classification system, like we said. Um, so the first time I finished from the hardened criminals. Um, early wardens called for just a system, but the relatively new prison didn't have the resources or the space in order to make that happen. So he happened to be in the time when they were trying for it, they were vying for it, but they didn't really get it. So, um, 
where was I at on that? There we go. Uh, incarcerated in San Quentin at 20 years old, he met an outlaw gang leader named Tom Bell. So uh, after his release, Barter threw his lot with Bell's gang, and according to the prison records in California State Archives, Barter was received by San Quentin State Prison on December 20th, 1854 uh, to serve a sentence for grand larceny. Hmm. Anybody know what grand larceny is? Theft over a thousand dollars. Boom! There it is. So at the time, it probably would have been theft over a hundred, or uh, okay, five dollars. It's a bigger number back then than what it is now. Right. It wasn't really adjusted for inflation. It was kind of adjusted for. Eh, sounds good. Right. So hey, I, we can't keep locking people up for a hundred bucks. Right. Let's, right. Let's, let's kick this up and and. Probably in right. two years from now, it's going to be $10,000. I do believe in the time that it was $100. I could Probably. be off on that. It could be 500 But I know that it was for um, a couple of horses. Okay. But horses Calif- are pricey. But Calif- That'd be a lot of money. Right. California yeah. wow. did not um, have a horse thief law back then because they weren't quite a state yet. Okay. A full state. They were, they were new to everything. Um, however, what they did have was a law that was grand larceny. You go to jail. So first time offender, that's the only reason he went to jail. He was 20 years old. He met up with Tom Bell, joined his gang when he's in prison, and the rest becomes outlaw history. Um, in 1880, the prison board of uh, directors wrote, it necessarily brings the younger and the less criminal class in daily contact and association with the vilest and most degraded elements of criminal life, thereby destroying more effectually any good qualities that may remain. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Without in the slightest degree redeeming the utterly vicious. Hmm. This sort of association is doubtless the cause of hundreds of returns to prison and, of course, the commission of hundreds of crimes. This vice for such it is in our penal system may doubtless be greatly diminished, if not altogether remedied, by a classification of prisoners, unquote. So they were pushing hard for it. Yeah. Because they knew that it's just going to create repeat offenders. Scum of the earth. Yes. Yeah. And um, (laughs) it wasn't until 1903 that that got changed. Good. 50 years later. Holy cow. And that's when they separated the younger first-time offenders from the hardened career offenders. So, um well, there's got to be some kind of justification between the crimes. You know, you can't, right, right. you can't treat a murderer the same way as somebody that stole some kid's fancy mountain bike that happened to be worth $1,100. And now you've got right. the same grand larceny as right. somebody that's killed well, somebody. Just don't steal such a nice mountain bike. There you go. There you go. Steal a mongoose. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it would be unfortunate to go to prison for stealing a bike and be in there with murderers. Yeah. It just, and just be in the same pod. Yeah. yeah. Not not just there, but maybe bunked up with one of them. Right. I don't Would you I steal a bike? What did you steal? I knocked off a bank for a few million dollars. I don't classify as huh. on the same level of evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're we're, we're not the same. Yeah. No. <laughs> so um between nineteen oh seven and nineteen thirteen, there was a lot of reclassification and a lot of adjustments that were made. So again, you're looking at 50 years after Rattlesnake Dick Barter went there. You just like saying his name. I think you like saying Rattlesnake Dick. Rattlesnake Dick. I don't ever want to be called that. <laughs> but, Too late. Uh, <laughs> fair. Fair. Rattlesnake Dick Barter. I try not to bring it up. but 
It was his nickname. Nice. <laughs> that is what they called me in high school. Right. I didn't say that out loud. Rattlesnake Dick. Yeah. Huh. So uh, the gold rush drew Barter, then at the time 17, and his brother to seek their fortune because, like I said, they were trying to provide for their sister. Uh, and this would be about the time 1850. As we know, the, the big gold rush happened just a few years earlier in 1846. That's when they found gold in California. And that's when the big land rush happened. Um, while their parents were dead, it's up to the two brothers to earn a living, support their sister, who stayed behind in Canada. Um, they settled in Rattlesnake Bar on the North Folk of the American River between Auburn and Folsom, which is where he got his nickname. It's not because okay. of his actions, it's because of where they settled at and where he, where he claimed to be from. Where'd you say Auburn and Folsom? Auburn and Folsom, do you I know? know I'm, I'm sure you know Folsom. Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. I know right where that so, exact area is. Okay. Gotcha. That's cool. Um, brothers had a tough time of it in the mining business and with supplies running low, the older brother, the older brother decided to return home. Uh, Richard stayed there despite his youth. He was determined to continue working the claim. He wasn't going to give up. He was going to continue to find their fortunes, provide for the family. He was not about to go back to Canada with his tail between his legs. So Very cool. Um Aside from his own claim, Barter also worked other miners for extra cash, so he was making a living enough to support himself, not enough to send back to his family, not enough to really claim that he made his fortune. Sure. So, um, after a dispute, a neighbor mining company claimed that Barter stole clothing, and uh, even though he was cleared of the charges, other miners began disputing his claims and caused him to lose jobs. Uh, his first brush with the law behind him, he focused on mining. So they were pointing fingers. He was saying no. They kept pointing fingers. And he just said, you know what? Screw it up. I'll leave. I'll just do my own claim. I won't work for anybody else. Hmm. Keep my nose down. And again, 17, 18 years old. Uh, another allegation uh, lands him in prison saying that he stole horses. There was no proof of this. It was just chalked up to other miners did not like him because he stood up to them. He was a kid. They didn't like it. Huh. So the accusation of grand larceny is what really got him into prison even though there was no real proof. But did you so, need it in the mid-1800s? 1850, no, you should no, not. You didn't so, need. So No. Um, uh, a mule, not a horse, same difference at that time. Claiming he didn't steal the animal, he admitted to knowing he was responsible, but refused to give up the authority's name. He was arrested, convicted, and sent to the San Quentin for two years. Okay. So... Uh, where am I in my notes? After serving a year of a sentence, evidence surfaced proving his innocence, according to the history of Placer County, published in 1882. Uh, he was released from prison, gave up on his dream of mining at the Rattlesnake Bar, and instead uh, headed to Shasta County. Get it. Um, where am I in my notes? Shasta County. There we go for a fresh start. Uh, he worked for others and did a little prospecting of his own. Uh, was a striking rich, was able to, to make ends meet, according to Bad Company, the story of California's legendary and actual um, stage robbers by Joseph Henry Jackson. Um, I found that book. It's not that expensive. I'm going to buy it. I want to read it because there's a whole slew of outlaws that are in there. Yeah. Um, a whole lot of information about and be, me being a San Francisco 49ers fan kind of plays into what, yeah. the, you know, the reason that I like the team. So a uh, piece of a new identity and new place didn't last long. Uh, former Rattlesnake Bar miner made his way through Shasta County, recognized Barter, and informed the residents about the, quote, horse thief uh, they had in their midst. So he tried to do it right. He tried to strike out on his own. He really tried to keep his nose down, but his past kept following him. 
best of intentions, as they say. Best of intentions. Yeah. Even when he was in prison, you know, he got mixed up with that gang more for protection, um, got out and, and just tried to get, like you said, tried to do right, but nope, wasn't going to happen. So frustrated and angry, uh, finding himself unable to find work. Once again, Barter decided to live up to his reputation. Inexperienced in such matters, Barter knew where to turn thanks to his time in San Quentin. Uh, Hodges and Barter do time in San Quentin. Jackson's book claims they are there are no records to indicate Barter served time in state prison, but the official San Quentin inmate register shows 20-year-old Richard Barter, inmate number 516. So again, they're not sure if that's his inmate number, if that's his uh, cell number, but... It's enough to say he was there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's actual written For record sure. proof that he was there. So um, received on December 20th, 1854 and discharged December 18th, 1855. So not quite a year. Two days shy. Uh, yeah, two days shy. My number math works for me. And I think uh, less than a year at San Quentin in the 1800s would definitely be enough time. For Dude, that'd be too. rough, that wouldn't would it? That would be brutal. Yeah, and especially if you're 20 years old and – you're innocent of what happened. And you don't know nothing at that age. And there's people in there that know everything at that point. Yep. 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 Uh, according to most accounts, it's where he met 25 year old outlaw, Tom Bell, whose real name was Thomas Doc Hodges. Um, according to state records, Thomas Hodges escaped twice. Dang. Right. Dude's an outlaw. Uh, October 8th, 1851 was received in San Francisco County jail under Sheriff Jack Hayes. Um, uh, at County jail served as the first state prisons. Then they moved to the bigger federal penitentiaries of San Quentin, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Alcatraz, which was a uh, Indian reservation. And then it was a fort and then it became a prison. Yeah. Um, you ever been to Alcatraz? I've been. We took the audio tour with the headphones and yeah. then we walked around afterwards. Place is incredible. Yeah, same. And we did it on a day that was overcast, cloudy, 50 degrees, thunder and lightning. It was Awesome. I could not have asked for a better experience in Alcatraz. And knowing my, my, my family history back with that, with my dad being there. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. I bet. I, I paid a little more attention to the guards, not that my dad was a guard there, but because of his association with the law enforcement side of it. So it was a lot of cool stuff. Um, uh, March 2nd, 1853, Hodges uh, was received at San Quentin, given the number 170, serving 10 years for grand larceny. Hodges escaped on March 12th, 1855, according to records. Um, after his release, Barter began riding with Hodges and his gang, as he would stick him with the... Go with uh, what you know. Yeah, ex exactly. Go with who's familiar, who's going to keep you uh, safe, so to speak. Um, first stagecoach robbery was August 11th, 1856. Um well-armed stagecoach guards drove them away. One person, the wife of a popular uh, Marysville barber, was killed during the attempted robbery. So it was unsuccessful. They killed one person, but it was their first attempt at a stagecoach robbery shortly after getting out of prison. Just work the kinks out. Right. I mean, you can't do it right the first time every time, right? Not every time, no. Yeah, yeah. 60% of the time works 100% of the time. I think that's the old adage. Yeah, that's just the... What yeah. movie's that from? Anchorman. Okay, just check. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's see. Um, posses were formed. Since the track down the gang, uh, realizing they, they were being pursued, the bandits split up. Uh, Defiant Hodges, a.k.a. Uh, Tom Bell, wrote a five-word letter to the newspaper, Catch Me If You Can. Hmm. 
some historians claim this was the first true stagecoach robbery in the West. Nice. So little little historical significance other than just being an outlaw. He was part of the first stage co- attempted stagecoach robbery in the West. So he kind of wrote the instructions on it with that first one. Or, or what not he to do. He helped with yeah. what not to do. Yeah, that's probably more. Don't do this. How can I do this better? Yeah. Uh, Hodges was eventually tracked down to, uh, to a secluded camp near the San Joaquin River. Yes, I pronounced that correctly for once. Yes, he did. Mushmouth. Um, and he was uh, hanged by a vigilante group on October 4th, 1856. So didn't last long. No. Um, with their leader dead, Barter assumed control. He took over because he was the closest thing to him because he spent time in prison, kind of his right hand, took over um, and started robbing stagecoaches in, stage in Shasta County. Got word salad coming out of my <laughs> mouth right now. It's just all jumbled together. I'll get there. Yeah. Or not. Whatever. Um, eventually uh, moved operations to Folsom where he based the gang and uh, was out of his old mining camp at Rattlesnake Bar. Again, this is where he got his nickname because that's where his home base of operations. That was his mining claim. It was his property. So they went from there. Uh, holding a grudge against the, the placer miners, he targeted them as well for a few years. Barter and his gang, uh, they terrorized the region. Placer County Deputy Sheriff John Boggs was on the case. It's not exactly a case of they ran roughshod over the area. Uh, it was they started picking on the people that picked on him. They went to the sheriffs, and so now they got somebody on him. So uh, the gang targeted Barter, um, or pursuing the gang, they targeted Barter in particular, repeatedly arrested the young gang leader. Barter was never behind bars for long, and he kept escaping jail within days. So following the leader's footsteps in Tom Bell, uh, he learned how to escape prison, how to escape jail, constantly kept him out and about in, in what he did. Um, but his big thing that he said is that Rattlesnake Dick doesn't hide. <laughs> or it's that. hard to hide. Yeah, well. Both. We'll go with both. Um, Barter's luck ran out in July 1859. He and his partner, David Beaver, so Beaver and the Rattlesnake Dick, um, traveled along (laughs) a main roadway in Auburn. See why I picked this one? There's just so many. You know what? That could be our first T-shirt. Rattlesnake Dick and the Beaver? Yeah. Rattlesnake Dick, don't hide. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Or if you have a comedy album, you just named it. Yes. Rattlesnake Dick and the Beaver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on the beef. So, um, <laughs> recognizing Barter, a town resident, um, ran to warn George M. Martin, uh, county tax collector and deputy sheriff, because back then they had multiple jaws in boom towns because they didn't have <laughs> enough people to fill everything. Um, Martin rounded up a posse with Deputy William Crutcher and George Johnson, believing they didn't have enough time to gather more men. They set off to capture Barter. So, Time was limited. Information was sensitive. They had to get out there and get him. They knew where he was. Yeah. Because, <laughs> hello, he owned the property. And he'd been around there before prison, after prison, all the good things. Uh, ran into a highwayman near the Auburn Railroad Station. Uh, Johnson, who was familiar with Barter from past run-ins, rode alongside him, ordering the bandits to surrender. Uh, Barter replied by drawing his pistol and opening fire, striking Johnson's hand, blowing off a finger. Fun. That's when he became known as Nine-Digit Johnson. Kidding. It's not. I made that up. (laughs) JK. Um, But Johnson and Barter uh, had fired simultaneously, according to reports, with Johnson's bullet passing through Barter's chest. 
that'll that'll do it. That'll, Dang it. Yeah. that'll stop here. At least make you whistle from a weird place. So, um, Barter and his uh, companion continued firing as they fled. Bullet struck Martin, who fell from his horse. The deputy was dead. Um, that also meant the end for Rattlesnake Dick, however. About a mile uh, from the scene of the gunfight, a gravely wounded a Barter dismounted his horse. I about said dismantled. <laughs> Words are fun. He dismantled uh, dis- his horse. I caught the U right as I was about to say it. Dismounted his horse and pinned a quick note. Quote, Rattlesnake Dick dies but never surrenders, as all true Britons do, he wrote. If Jay Boggs is dead, I am satisfied. Okay. Those are his last words. In the confusion and darkness, Barter mistakenly believed Martin to be Boggs. So he mm. thought he was dying a happy man. He killed the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy twist. Went to his grave happy for the wrong reason. So hmm. um, some reports claim uh, Barter asked Beaver to do him in and finish the job. Official report is he was found dead with self-inflicted bullet wounds. So they don't know if he killed himself. They don't know if he, his buddy did it. They don't know. So, huh. um. Somebody long was charged with Barter's death. He was part of his gang. Um, his partner on the fateful night, David Beaver, aka David Weaver, uh, fled but was arrested after an 1860 altercation with the man in San Luis Obispo. Uh, Beaver was going by the name Alex Wright at the time. So, it's um, probably pretty easy to change your name back then. Right. Go, yeah. I'm going to be Bill today. Yeah, I'll be Bill today. It's right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the last quote of it. Um, when two miles, quote, when two miles away from the place of encounter in 1859, Rattlesnake Dick, who was somewhat injured and fatigued, was unable to go any further, uh, was then shot and killed by Wright. The newspaper reported uh, regarding the allegations. Weaver's case appears to have been dropped uh, by the lawman after Barter was dead. So, fair. There you go. That is why I chose the man, the myth, the legend, Rattlesnake Dick Barter. Name recognition alone made this whole thing right? <laughs> fantastic pick. Rattlesnake Dick, don't die. Brilliance. Remember that. So, on to you, my man. Okay. Filling in. So, I have uh, drawn Mr. Johnny Ringo today. Uh, very famous outlaw, and I think for a frame of reference for you, if you've ever seen the movie Tombstone, he would be the gentleman Doc Holliday um, gets all the beef with. A cup twirling scene playing Pharaoh or at the end where he supposedly, as I learned today, allegedly, allegedly, excuse me, use my my legal vernacular correctly. Um, There at the end of tombstone, he would have been the gentleman shot by Val Kilmer's doc holiday in the woods, filling in for um, wider that day. And that guns up. So part of his posse, uh, which actually took place over multiple years as the movie made it out, course hollywood it sure. makes it look like it's all over a few days but it was in reality that whole chasing down of the of the infamous cowboy gang was over two three four years so i didn't um, know it had taken that long they kind of did the montage and you're like oh this may have been a week right right, right. you didn't know it was, was no it was reference for time i think it was three to four years if i remember okay. right don't quote me on that um johnny ringo was played in tombstone by michael bain um who for those who don't know, because he was popular in the early 80s to, to the early 90s, he wasn't much popular for that. Um, he played the gentleman who was sent back by John Connor in the original oh, Terminator, yeah. who uh, impregnated John Connor's mom, Sarah Connor, and um, thus the rest is future history. 
Anyway, yeah. I think if you follow the Terminator timeline, it's all messed up. There's no future or past anymore. Right. Can you keep up? There is no future, but what we make. Boom. Sorry. You've watched. I love it. I love I it. It's fantastic. <laughs> T2 is a great okay. movie. Yes. Oh, well, sorry. I'm a science fiction person too. So, um, <laughs> yes, it is. The Cowboys is the gang that he was a part of. Um, here we go. We have uh, Have Him Born on May 3rd, 1850. He was known as Johnny Ringo. Um, old old West American outlaw. He would have been loosely associated with the Cochise County Cowboys, as he had mentioned earlier. Um, and that would have been in the very famous town of Tombstone, Arizona, or the territory of Tombstone, actually at the time. Wouldn't have been stated. Uh, so Johnny Ringo, son of Martin, and Mary Peters Ringo had distant Dutch ancestry. So he'd have been freaky Dutch with some of the rest of us. Was later <laughs> born in the small town of Green Forks. Clay Township, Wayne County, Indiana. So Wayne County. Oh, I thought oh, you had a, something to add there. I the thought you had, yeah, you thought we were came in the hard or something there. I Sorry, do, I do that sometimes. Okay, and yeah. Peter out at the end. Yeah, that's oh, it's rattlesnake dick. <laughs> that's, I'm gonna go home and tell my wife. Rattlesnake dick don't die. Rattlesnake dick don't die. That is a t-shirt. <laughs> that is it absolutely. First, is. That's gonna be our, our second t-shirt. First one's gonna be the new logo. Yeah, but. uh Rattlesnake dick dunk. <laughs> At least not from what I'm told. Damn it, Ryan. Why can't uh -huh. you be here for this one? That, that, that's, your, that's your bread and butter, man. All right. So his family moved to Liberty, Missouri in 1856. Also a cousin to the Younger Brothers through his aunt Augusta Peters Inskip, who married a Coleman P. Younger. He would have been uncle of the Younger Brothers, who were also very famous outlaws. There you go. Jesse James. Jesse James. Cole Younger. I just went to the house Jesse James was shot in like two weeks ago. By the coward Robert Ford? By the coward Robert Ford. And in Missouri? Gosh, where were we? It was in Missouri. Um, St. Joseph, Missouri. Yes, 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 yes. So you can um, actually stand right where he was standing on the chair, adjusting the picture yep. and the bullet holes in the wall. Yeah. It's, it's insane. That's cool. Yeah. Um, some family friends of of mine, their, their last name is James. They are direct descendants from nice. uh, Frank James. Okay. Um, and, and we've actually went to their family reunion that they have in Missouri. Think it's every other year. I, it's, it's been quite a while since I've been there, but we, we, it's just outside of St. Joseph and it's, it, they do a bunch of historical stuff with the family name, with, with the legacy and all that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that place was unbelievable. Never been to the house, but. I hung out with some direct descendants of Frank James. I never did anything that cool. I just went to the museum. Bowled with a lot cool. of them too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they can bowl. Oh, they were, the they were some bowling net. fools. And they, they play some cornhole too. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> they got, shoot horseshoes. Oh, oh, they? All right. So the Youngs, the James Younger Gang, sorry, was a notable 19th century gang of American outlaws. They revolved around Jesse James, his younger brother, Frank, and Cole Younger. Um, the gang was based in the state of Missouri, home of most of the members. Missouri. 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 For this episode. Missouri. I'll start using Missouri. Missouri. He's just extra. A lot. Oh, hey, yeah. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. It's Missouri as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> On uh, <laughs> July 30th, 1864, when Johnny was 14, him and his family, they uh, went from, uh, they were in Wyoming at the time. They were moving to California. His uh, father, Martin Ringo, Got uh, shot and killed, stepping off the wagon, holding a shotgun. When it accidentally went off, he, <laughs> he shot himself. shot and killed himself. 
He had an oopsie death. Yeah, he was a cowboy at heart there, shot himself. Okay. His last words, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here, hold this. Boom. Yeah, last thing that got through his mind was the buckshot. Oh. Ooh. Too soon? <laughs> no. Too soon. No, no. Okay. It was funny. 170 years ago. It was rattlesnake dick. He no, don't die. He don't there die. goes through your mind quick, too, right? No. <laughs> We don't know what that means. We shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. No. We just met too, and I'm saying stuff like that. I'm so oh, good. No, I've, I've got thick skin. Uh, so the next kind of little bit we got here is the Mason County War. Um, Ringo left his mother, brother, and sisters in San Jose in 1869, where he moved to Mason County, Texas. Uh, he befriended an ex-Texas Ranger, Scott Cooley, who was adopted uh, son of rancher Tim Williamson. Uh, Germans versus Americans all over so the notes here say um a lot of cattle theft it's texas that's they do they do cattle in texas it's like saying the weather sucks here in kansas that's all because oklahoma blows <laughs> nebraska sucks if it does get worse than here it may be nebraska true yeah Oh, where'd I leave off? Sorry. Okay, so um, st trouble started with two American rustlers, cattle rustlers, obviously, Elisha and Pete Backus. Uh, they were dragged from the Mason jail and lynched by a predominantly German mob. Here we have the German versus Americans. There's a lot of lynching back then. Yeah. It's kind of their MO. It's what happens when you don't have law enforcement. True. So. Yeah. Inmates run the asylum. <laughs> have you guys seen Django Unchained? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's what could be my favorite scene from any movie. All right. So it looks like after that, yeah, war anyway. broke out May 13th, 1875. I'm new to podcast. You're fine. When uh, Tim Williamson was arrested for it uh, by a hostile posse and murdered by a German father named Peter Badman Bader. It's a wrestling name there. Peter Badman <laughs> Bader. And his accomplice, Come Rattlesnake Dick Murder. <laughs> <laughs> Badman Bader versus Rattlesnake Dick in a cage. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Be there. Woo. See how we came full circle? Yes. Yeah. Look at Ric Flair. Yeah, you can do the Ric yeah. He's got his shirt on. Woo. Post it out. And I the like socks. Yeah, I wish I could get these socks on camera. These are crushing it. Fit check for anyone. It's not that limber, are you? <laughs> the camera moves. There it is. Kind of. Anyway, nature's on the socks. Let's get back to business here. Um, <laughs> Cooley had a reputation as a dangerous man. It was respected as a Texas Ranger. Um, he killed several others during the war. Uh, that's in quotes there. Um, several other Texas Rangers or just several others? Uh, several other Texas Rangers is what it looks like. No. So okay. he was he was out taking on law enforcement. Naughty. On. Yeah. Um, after a Cooley supporter, Moses Baird, was killed, Ringo murdered James Cheney, hopefully I'm pronouncing it, on September 25th. 1875 with a friend named Bill Williams. Rattlesnake Bill Williams. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but this Friday. In of everything. Beaver Bill Williams. Mayo, that works. Beaver Billy Willie. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, that works. I like both uh, Ringo and Williams shot and killed Chain A. They both in rode to the house of David Poole, called him outside, but he came out with a gun and they fled back to town. So he brought the heat out and they uh, decided better of it. Yeah. Sometime later, Scott Cooley and Johnny Ringo mistook Charlie Bader for his brother Pete and killed him. Both men were jailed in Burnett, Texas by Sheriff A.J. Strickland. But Ringo and Cooley soon broke out of jail with the help of their friends 
and then they parted company to evade the law. Well, Johnny Ringo. Well, Johnny Ringo, hmm. you look like someone just walked over your grave. So I think the next important part, I think, well, we all know Johnny Ringo for his tombstone. Yep. That's the next header on here. Uh, Ringo first appeared in Cochise County, Arizona Territory in 1879 with Joseph Graves, um, alias Joe Hill. It's a fun name. Friend from the Mason County War. In December 1879, a drunk Ringo shot an unarmed Lewis Hancock. How dare he? Yeah, come on. Damn in a Safford... Oh gosh, lost my Arizona saloon when Hancock refused a complimentary drink of whiskey, stating that he preferred beer. So he wanted to, uh, he wanted to, got the wrong drink order for him. He didn't like that. Son of a bitch. Disrespect. Son of a bitch. Someone spilled my (laughs) drink. So confrontation with Doc Holliday. That's why I'm here. I think we all want to know what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here we go. January 17th, 1882. Ringo and Doc Holliday traded threats and seemed to be headed for a gunfight. Drunken well, Doc Holliday. Oh, yeah. Tuberculosis riddled Doc Holliday. He was just still killing it, messed up. I mean, that's tough. Literally killing it. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Both men were arrested by Tombstone's chief of police, James Flynn, and hauled before a judge for carrying weapons in town. Both were fined. Judge Williams, still well, followed up on charges outstanding against Ringo for a robbery in Galleyville, and Ringo was rearrested and jailed on January 20th for the weekend. Ah, it's a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jail in Tombstone, Arizona. You know. What else you got to do? Sounds awful. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, no. It's no San Quentin, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike San Quentin in Just the 1850s. Ask Tom Bell or... Rattlesnake dick murder. <laughs> oh, yeah, you keep tying rattlesnake dick. <laughs> Every <laughs> time you can. Say that as much as I can. No, I'm going to start the show out next week. Rattlesnake dick. Welcome don't to die. the show, everybody. Rattlesnake dick, <laughs> don't die. Or at least you're not letting it die, right? Right. I yeah. will never let it die. Ever. Oh, God. Ever. It's our first t- second t shirt. It's going to be a t shirt. It's going to be a t shirt. <laughs> I think it has to be at this point. At least a sticker. All right, so Ringo was suspected by the Earps of taking part in the December 28, 1881 ambush of Virgil Earp that crippled him for life and the March 18th, 82 of Morgan Earp while he was shooting pool and tombstone. Wyatt Earp was the sheriff of Wichita for a hot minute. Yep, really? Came through Wichita when it was a cattle town and uh, they actually left here, went out to Dodge City, left Dodge City, wanted to become an honest man and went to Tombstone, Arizona. The only possibly cooler name that had like prominence over Wichita that I think would have to be the chief of police a few years ago, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, not yep. the Gordon Ramsay, a but Gordon, a Gordon Ramsay. Just Ramsey. like I'm not the Justin Thomas, I'm a Justin yeah. Thomas. But right, there are others. There's a golfer. Yeah, is there a the Joseph Schmidt? Not sure. I want to meet. Not that, that I'm aware of. So, I mean, Wikipedia is at my fingertips. Right. Yeah, look me up. See if there's anyone cool with my name. <laughs> there you go. Or infamous. I mean, you Google my name and Ooh, fingers crossed for infamy. Well, <laughs> infamy, infamy. Ron O'Neill, the actor, Shaft. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the I one that was time, Richard Roundtree. No, Ron O'Neill. Yeah. Ron O'Neill Shaft. 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 Yep. Uh, Ron O'Neill Shaft. Is that what they called you? No. 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 no, they call I him got rattlesnake Ronald. dick Mark. <laughs> <laughs> rattlesnake dick Ron. 
Yeah. Dickron. All right. So we got the uh, Deputy U.S. Marshal Wyatt Earp and his posse killed Frank Stilwell in Tucson on March 20th, 1882. After the shooting, the Earps and a federal posse set out on a vendetta to find and kill all the others they held responsible for um, ambushing Virgil and Borg. As one would. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if somebody shot and killed one of my brothers and paralyzed another one, you I'd bet be your pretty, ass I'm coming I'd be pretty him. worked up. Yeah. Pretty worked up. We're going to have a discussion. Oh, there will be words. Hmm. A lot of word salad. My old Joseph man used Schmidt. to say wall-to-wall counseling. 4 March 1904 to 16 November 1942 was an Austro-Hungarian and Romanian Jewish tenor. You're well, a, I was a singer. Yeah. You okay. were a singer in a past life. Well, in the 1942. other the other one was a singer. Yeah, the he was the you're a, just like I'm a Justin. Yeah, I just don't think I can live up to being a tenor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Well, at least he's not a, a serial killer. It's or, true. Or something really, or something really dumb. But just, just remember, rattlesnake don't die. It doesn't. Yeah. That is Ron O'Neill. The Ron O'Neill. Neil. Yeah, sure yeah. he's green. Not me. We can see it. Oh, is he more handsome too. than Ron? Does he look better than you do? Uh, yes, <sighs> arguably. I'm sure the Joseph Schmidt probably looks better to you. He was a tenor. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do know he's a better singer. We can say that. Arguably, I've never heard you sing, so we don't don't start no, now. Not on here. You'll want to keep viewers or listeners. Excuse me. I don't know. There's a. There's some viewers, some listeners. Here's Ron O'Neill. The Ron O'Neill. That dude had Superfly. Some, <laughs> that dude had some lettuce, man. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. Man, I'm jelly of that stash. He is, right? he is way cool. Way, way cooler. cooler. Let's be real. I didn't want to be mean, but yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah I will be. I yeah, trying fine. to. He's no rattlesnake. Super trying fly. to gaslight Ron down there at the end, but this dude looks way cooler than Ron. <laughs> for the record, I've got a better beard. Your so. beard is way cooler than his, but stash not yeah, even no. close. It, it blends in. His flavor saver is way better. Than oh yeah, bro. There is that. All right, back All right. off of me. Oh yeah. All right, here we go. Back off, bro. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. So during the Earp Vendetta ride, Wyatt Earp killed one of Ringo's closest friends, Curly Bill Brocious. Curly Bill? My favorite, one of my favorite lines from the movie. Well, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Curly Bill. All right. Played by Powers Booth. He was. R.I.P. All right. So. Earp told his biographer, Stuart Lake, that a man named Florentino Cruz confessed to being the lookout at Morgan's murder and identified Ringo, Stillwell, Swilling, and Brocious as Morgan's murderers. Wow. The local posse pursued and came close to the lawman, uh, former Pima County Sheriff Bob Paul, who had been in Tombstone at the time, had volunteered to ride with the Beeham posse, wrote a letter to the Tucson citizen on March 3rd, 1898, as opposed in response to, to an earlier party. story. Oh, what he said, it, they rode with the B ham party as opposed to the A ham party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't the C ham party. Oh, my god, trying, he got it. Yeah, I got man, it. <laughs> trying to keep it clean on here. Rattlesnake Dick Barton. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's just sales. <laughs> my tension breaker, sailed, dang it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, response to an earlier story he said was full of errors. He said the Earp posse had told Hooker to tell B and his posse they were camped. Hooker told Behan where the Earps were camped, but the posse left in the opposite direction. A hooker? Like any hooker? They just found one? Or? They just Anyone, found one. Yeah. yeah. Probably plenty of them back <laughs> then. They were plentiful. 
ladies of the night. Oldest they profession. probably did anything for money, right? It is the oldest profession. That was funnier in my head. Sorry. Hey, oh. <laughs> All right. So next we have Teamster James Yost was hauling wood when he found Ringo's body on July 14th, seated in a bunch of five large black jack oaks growing up in a circle from one root. And then in the center of them was a large flat rock, which made a comfortable seat. Well, he was not more fitting. than 700 feet from Smith's house in West Turkey Creek Valley. I don't, man, near Chiri Chichua Peak in Arizona Territory. Sounds relevant yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, weird footnote editor said his body had already turned black from the desert heat when they found him. So he was oh, wow. in a high state of decomposition when they came across yeah, him. Yeah, no That's kidding. Wow. Body was black. Yeah, you leave a body in the sun. I guess it turns black, especially in Arizona. Tombstone, Arizona. Yeah. So brutal way to go. It is. It says God. here, his feet were wrapped in strips of cloth torn from his undershirt. Ringo had lost his horse. His boots were tied to the saddle. Coroner's report noted he had evidently traveled but a short distance in this foot gear. There was a bullet hole in his right temple and an exit wound at the back of his head. Hmm. Fatal wound was upward at a 45-degree angle with the right eye and ear. And it said he still had his gun in his hand as he laid on the ground. Yeah. Nice. Since that he shot that, himself that, that, then. I, case closed. Yeah. At least that one. Yeah, and I, I guess i watching the movie and not really reading too much on it. I guess I just assumed Doc Holliday killed Johnny Ringo. And, and that was things. that was the rumor for the longest yeah. time, even though that there was there – was, Counter reports like that one from the coroner saying that, you know, 45 degree angle when the tipple came out the back of the head, saw his gun in his hand, blah, blah, blah. And, but for the longest time, that Doc Holiday, Wyatt, everyone else, they said that they killed everybody. So Hollywood that up, put it in the movie. Yeah, it's a fun ending. We accept yeah. it more as fiction or as fact because it's, it's a very straightforward movie, but then you go yeah. through and you actually read it over. It's like, oh, well, they did. Hollywood. There's the liberties. Hollywood up yeah. some artistic liberties on that. So. Right. Um, we each did have another one to go over. However, we have hit the two hour mark already. So we will save those for another time, possibly. Well, mine was Jesse James. Yeah. We kind of already talked on did. Jesse James, the younger gang, and him getting shot. He was betrayed. We can by a member of his gang, his posse. Yeah. Coward Robert Ford. Right. Played by Casey Affleck in the movie. Oh my god, everything's a movie. I see it now, yeah. I I'm sorry that they made a movie. <laughs> Man. I'm sorry you know about it. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, okay. You just know about weird movies? Yeah, it's called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Starts Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck, and a bunch of other people. I don't I don't know. Okay. Because I haven't looked at the cast list. It's <laughs> probably a lot of really Famous people in there. Uh, my second one was going to be uh, Jose Chavez E. Chavez, the Mexican regulator. Yep. Those those who have seen uh, Young Guns, he was is made famous by Lou Diamond Phillips, arguably yep. his second most famous character that he played. The most famous being Richie Valens. Okay, all right. In La Bomba. I thought you were going to say something. I did too. Intelligent or non-intelligent. I thought you had yeah, something. Either good. way, I had something yeah. and it was gone. Uh, real, real quick, uh, Jose Chavez E. Chavez was an outlaw, then he was a lawman, then he was an outlaw, then he was dead. Okay. There's more details of that, but I don't have time. Huh. So. Yeah. And then I had uh, the Rufus Buck Gang. Uh, it's actually about a group of uh, 
African American and uh, mixed race outlaws. Oh, nice. American stuff like that. It looks like they kind of ruled the roost around in the Indian Territory in Oklahoma. So nice. Cool. That would be a fun one to go over. That actually yeah. probably make a pretty good movie. <laughs> I like movies. I think that was. Rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> Love remember, it. Rattlesnake dick don't die. Rattlesnake dick don't die. Or rattlesnake. Don't die. I don't remember how the line goes. I'll look it up. It's quoted down there. So, uh, well, our next show will be in two weeks. Yes. Um, as I told Ron in the pre-show, there's not a lot that happened on that date, and I, I do have one that I really think we, we could we could deep dive into. We could spread out on. Um, but we'll discuss that and we will surprise you guys on the next show. Hey, um, surprise me too. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Ryan, hopefully you get some good news next week and, and he's, uh, feeling a little better and able to come back. Joe, thank you so much for, thank you very in. much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you do. Sure have, been a treat. Really great job. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud of you for yeah, no. diving in head first and, <laughs> I've never done anything like this before, but Damn. I uh, have a, an exciting career. So he, I talk to people all day. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He absorbed all the rattlesnake dick he could. And I put a lot of that on there. So yeah, a lot. Most... Well, I really enjoyed the rattlesnake dick. Today. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a lot Tom, of dick jokes. <laughs> Tom Beaver Weaver, too. That was too his, much. One of his, t- it's too not. far? Rattlesnake no. dick is never too much on, no. the, on no. the beaver. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the beaver appreciates oh, rattlesnake dick. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so there's that. So uh, make sure you do follow us on all the socials. We we don't really post anything on Instagram or X, Twitter. No. I don't know, but we'll get there. Maybe you know, be be one of the first ones. Jump in early. Follow us on there. Uh, we do have we do post quite a bit in our Facebook group. Um, search us up if you're not already there. It is just Dirty River Chronicles on Facebook. You'll find this. We got the uh, Scuba Steve fish with a gas mask on there well um, if anybody's ever seen our rivers they would understand yes yeah. it is an ode to that cesspool that's out in front of us that did help a booming cattle town yeah so um uh, but again if you have any uh constructive criticism feel free to shoot us an email dirty river chronicles at gmail.com if you have any story ideas and any shows you'd like to see we'll, we'll take those suggestions as well um and if you have any any Praise any kudos. We'll take those too. But <laughs> pretty early in this endeavor. I don't know if we get any of those. <laughs> tell me to we quit, might get those some, Tell me to quit saying someday. rattlesnake dick so much. Yeah. Could be. So again, Joe, thank you so much for sitting in. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. You, you you added a, quite a bit of great content. So thank you so much. I was pretty um, nervous hoping I didn't just come in in here and just suck it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just fail. Yeah. But at least Ron would have looked bad, not me. So. There it is. There it is. You sucked up all the rattlesnake. I look bad already. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There is that as well. Uh, So lastly, before we get there, let's go ahead and go over today's big takeaways. We'll start with Joe since you're the new guy. Give me your big takeaway of the day. First takeaway of the day is Ric Flair's the man. There it is. 16-time world champion. Ron? Ah. You know, it, it always felt like a lot of the outlaws were put in a place because something happened. It wasn't because they were just bad people. It's that the system wasn't evolved enough to really allow them to just exist. It was they, more out of necessity. Necessity, than it was survival. Of... It was because everything was boom towns and mining and cattle. And they did what they had to either for their families or for themselves. Sure. 
but it was a survival mode. It wasn't a, I'm a ruthless killer. And right. how unfair to have the one thing you're able to do to survive be against the law and you've got to struggle against. Right. You know what right. I mean? You've got to struggle against the top just to survive and they don't like it. Yep. It's, more, it's more situational it's than evolutionary. Yeah. Yeah. Any of that. So uh, my big takeaway is a rattlesnake dick don't die. So deal. Heck yes. We'll be our first t-shirt. Second t-shirt. Stop saying first. I know. I said second. Eventually. Yeah. I got we need a first. I got Before there. we can get Anyway, a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. Shoot us the emails. Joe, thank you once again. Ryan, get well soon. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.